2: You hear the sound of those sirens, y'all. That can only mean one thing. It's time for another edition of the Outsider's Edge podcast here on the Chairshot Radio Network. Thank y'all for listening. This is your boy, Mr. Kyle Morris, and I am joined, as always, by the Kenny to my cota, Mr. Ray Cash Rance Morris. How you doing there, big dog? Well happening, bitch? Talking about in this motherfucking... Up. No, what's up, man? <laughs> well, you know... It's an, interesting, it's an interesting week for us here at the Outsiders Ed Studios because y'all know we record this show, uh, we started recording the show on Tuesdays, and so last Tuesday we recorded our regular episode, and we were real excited about what we were putting out, and I still think we put out a quality show last week, but then Wednesday happened, and all of a sudden everything that we talked about on Tuesday felt like not big news anymore, Yep. and you know, I want to just say this. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. I'm gonna preface it with that. It's not their fault. But man, AEW talk about opening forbidden doors, and all of a sudden doors are closing. Isn't their fault, though? Well, I mean, you know what? In this particular case, it is their fault. They done put Ring of Honor out of business. So
1: okay, let's let's have a nuanced conversation about this. You're let's, right. And to let's... be
2: fair, Ring of Honor's not out of business. They're on hiatus and have released literally all of their talent and will allegedly, if the rumors are to be believed, be returning as more of a real indie indie with not like long term guaranteed contracts, but per appearance deals and shit like that, which is in April, which is, you know, just before we get into the nuance, let me just say this. People give WWE a lot of shit are cutting talents and stuff as because they're a billion dollar company. And Ring of Honor did right by their talent during a yes. pandemic. I want to give them credit for that. They yes. did. But this fucking company is about to fire everybody and go on hiatus in their own by a billion dollar entertainment industry. I
1: think that's why they get a pass though. And they don't get a full pass. Well, Ring of Honor gets a pass. Sinclair doesn't get anything. I think Ring of Honor gets oh, a I pass. I blame for-
2: Sinclair from the I blame Sinclair for everything. Yes. Everything that has happened Absolutely. to Ringmark. We're going to joke about the AEW, and AEW, in their own way, played a role in what became the bigger issue. Yes. But the ultimate blame for everything rests with Sinclair Broadcasting, because this is a company that had the resources and the finances that if they wanted to invest in Ring of Honor and wanted Ring of Honor to really be there, Ring of Honor could have done been what AEW has become in the sense of it would have been way easier for Sinclair Broadcasting Mm -hmm. to secure a television deal with Reach. It would have been way easier for Sinclair Broadcasting to be able to prove, oh no, we can perform with these demos and we can do this. And you can believe us because we run all of these successful television companies. Yeah,
1: I mean, and then uh, companies have shown they care enough. Um, uh, Anthem cared enough about Impact to buy Access TV just to put them on TV.
2: And Impact has become stable. They they ain't blowing down no barriers or like killing the business or anything. But they have stabilized. Mm-hmm. They have stabilized. Because the real difference—the real difference between Anthem as an owner and Panda as an owner—wasn't even so much about money. Because I think Panda has more money sure. than Anthem does. Sure. But the difference is exactly what you said. Anthem cares. Anthem wanted Impact, cared about Impact, and was like, you know what? If we buy them a distributor and give them stable housing, we can at least let them cultivate the audience they got.
1: Well, well, that and. Randy Orton has uh, made famous the joke, Jacksonville Dixie for Tony Khan. But Dixie Carter is truly the negative example of what Tony Khan could be if things don't go right. Because while Dixie was gung-ho 100% in, the Carter family was not. This was a venture for her that eventually did not make financial sense anymore.
2: You know what I do give Dixie credit for, though? Legit, I do give Dixie credit for Dixie still cheerleads like a motherfucker for Impact. Absolutely.
1: But, I, and I give her your a lot handles,
2: of TNA Dixie. I, And I give her a lot of credit for that because it would be real easy after you got all that egg on your face because you fell for Jeff Jarrett twice. Like, we gotta get them chuckles in, honey. You fell for Jeff twice. But like, he shystered you into buying a failing company once. You took that company, turned it into something decent, and then he shystered you into merging with his dead ass bullshit. And rebranding under his dead-ass bullshit.
1: And then got signed by WWE. Get the fuck out. The grift <laughs> is on. It is legendary.
2: It is. It is. But I'm saying, so, like, like we going to laugh at Dixie for that. But it would be real easy after all of that and after Billy Corgan had to rescue you and finance your company and then you got bought out by a Canadian entertainment company at a time when the Canadian dollar was not strong, Um, it would be real easy to turn tail and run and distance yourself like shit from that promotion because nobody in any of the circles that you run in would have known or cared. But But it goes to out here just... I love Impact. Everything they do is great. I love these performers. I'm here for this company. They're so awesome. Um,
1: it goes to show you the right person at the wrong time in the wrong situation. Because she cared about that company. She cares about the, that talent. Now She she was did not have the right situation. And I don't think it was the right time because the one thing Tony has over her is Tony was a wrestling fan and, and had ingratiated himself in the culture. So that when he created, a, when he started his company, he was already basically one of the boys. Dixie well, didn't know shit about wrestling.
2: Well, and to bring it back to what we really wanted to talk about here, which is mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. Yeah, they didn't have any of that. Like the Sinclair. Sinclair. Sinclair never cared. No. That and that's, that's what I mean. Problem. And that's what I really meant is they didn't have any of that because at the end of the day, Dixie and TK were ownership. Yes. Vince is ownership. Yes. Like the thing that, you know, the successful companies all have in common is ownership Cared. hmm. Dixie was ownership and now Anthem is. They care. Joe Fucking Cobb Tony is, on, is on ownership. Yeah. He cares. Vince is ownership. He cares. Fucking, you know, the only exception is ghetto. But that's because Japan is different.
1: Well, true. But Bushi Road really gives a shit about because they're, they're. Well, that's what I was going to say.
2: Bushi Road cares. Yeah. So, like, the financer cares. Sinclair never cared. Joe coughed does because it was always his baby. Mm-hmm. So he always cared. But Sinclair never cared. And that's why Ring of Honor was always, even at the height. Hu- we had a recurring segment for months of me <laughs> shitting on Ring of Honor for being a company with all these amazing performers and all these great, like, potential... And Matches, moments, shows. and fan interest, and all of this shit, and they were bankrolled by a company that refused to invest even a little bit in them. So,
1: I have five reasons why Ring of Honor died, and I say died, and I'm, I'm Cody, I'm Matt, <laughs> Mitch, Kenny, and, Tony. and, and, and Adam. <laughs> go ahead and throw Hangman in there. Yes. That's our boy, but hey, no, that so no, okay. you're right,
2: you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right.
1: So the first reason for sure I think is NXT.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Be- yes. Because all of the guys who got high in Ring of Honor went to NXT. And NXT kind of took that, that 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 was the first leash. wave.
2: Well, and that was the first wave of the Ring of Honor talent exodus. The first yes. wave of the Ring of Honor talent exodus. Um because prior to that I mean it happened almost immediately prior to that to the point where like it was almost not noticeable but like right before that tna stopped the working relationship and did not allow their people to continue like aj had to stop working ring of honor for a while okay yeah And cmg had to stop for a while but that was not the big thing wwe starts nxt so then next thing you know generico's gone Tyler black is gone claudio's gone kevin steen is gone um you know punk and joe had already left so like this this whole generation of performers left for i'm talking before roddy so i'm just talking for the first iteration of nxt got you okay then nxt catches fire yeah which like i even give a lot of the credit for that really the credit for that belongs to new japan more than it does to the Ring of Honor stars because what really like the two stars that really you know Sammy was the heart and soul of NXT, but the two stars that really helped them catch fire the way that they did were Finn and Shinsuke. F- facts, facts, like the Shinsuke Sammy Zayn match at was that Dallas? Take over Dallas. Like that is forever burned in my mind as like that moment that the wrestling fandom as a collective was just like. Oh, like, are y'all watching this developmental show that WWE does? Because, like, they just had Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura wrestle this, like, amazing fucking match.
1: And that's the same show with American Alpha and... Is it the Revival?
2: No, I think this was... No, you're right. Yeah, it was Revival.
1: (laughs) This is a crazy... Because that
2: was the final of the Dusty Dusty Classic, and it was before they were the Revival. The The final of the Dusty Classic was...
1: Joe, no, you're right. That was, that Finn, was and Finn and Joe. That uh, was Finn and Joe, and that's what caused Joe and Finn to have beef,
0: mm-hmm. because right.
1: Joe was like, "I, had a, we did this. Now it was my title shot." Uh, but yeah, that was a crazy night. That was a, just a ridiculous night.
2: So like then, so like then at that point, NXT really catches fire, and so once that happens, and WWE goes into the talent grab mode that they went into, it almost instantly became anybody that got hot mm-hmm. in Ring of Honor either immediately bolted for NXT or they got picked up to New Japan dates as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you have... Bugs
1: Young, and Paige, comma, Hangman, yes.
2: Yeah, they went the New Japan route and then going the NXT route, you've got Red Dragon, you've got Adam Cole, you've got Roddy... Um, so, like, all these people start getting swooped up. Then, I'm, well, so doing then, it. you're right, so then, I think we get into probably one of your second death nils. if I'm wrong, you can correct me, um, all in, slash, say as a whole, AEW, yeah. well, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say all in, because that leads to AEW, Yes, which takes the rest of the known part of the talent pool.
1: Spot on. Um, and All In was... The reason All In was a death knell, it, it just as that particular show, is because they did, that as a, they did it as a, yeah, I'm going to look out for you today. And it is a, yeah, I got you back up. As a, as a not a make good, but as a, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll look out for you. And then they took that and finagled that into getting their own company.
2: Well, not only that, but it's also a death knell because anytime you loan your production equipment to your talent, and your talent draws a bigger crowd than you ever did at any point in your history. It says a lot. Without really marketing the show.
1: There was never a television commercial for it.
2: They just it Twittered the IWC.
1: Yeah, that's, by the way, that's still the most amazingly booked show, I think, in history.
2: It was an amazingly booked show. It
1: also I don't mean good. I'm just saying, like, um, like, how the fuck did this thing Right moment, out?
2: right moment, right time. The fan yeah. base was so desperate and jaded and, like, wanted so badly mm-hmm. for there to be any kind of viable alternative. Because, you know, at that point, you know, we were in the height of WWE does whatever the fuck they want, however the fuck they want, no matter how many times we've seen it before. Um, and so we were all like just ready for an alternative it was the right names this was before you know people had soured on the shtick mm-hmm. bte was really hot at the time
1: yeah 100 percent, and you're spot on and and so to further with the all-in slash a, the AEW part of it aw as a whole didn't do anything particular but they stole the space that a that ring of honor existed in because they were ring of honor was always that niche that if you don't like WWE, but you like more new Japan stuff with some stories, Hey, come to ring of honor. And a W was like, Oh yeah, we got that. Plus we got a bigger budget. Than we're on TNT. And so I think that hurt a lot of the reception, not to mention the Forbidden Door is open to every company in the business but a Ring of Honor.
2: That looks bad on Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really does. You didn't think about that, uh, did you? I had thought about it, but it's one of those things that like, I had thought about, but I wasn't sure if it was that the Forbidden Door wasn't open to Ring of Honor or that Ring of Honor was like, man, fuck y'all. We gave y'all our production crew and for a lot of y'all, we gave y'all your first actual exposure yep. to an a, to a major audience and y'all just like started your own fucking company and took all of our talent and got a TV slot.
1: You look. It very well may be that, and it could be both. But I tell you this: the one thing that talks universally between languages, barriers, and issues is mula dinero. Um. So okay. So number three, Sinclair. We spoke about that. Can you Bye. guess? Can you guess number four? and Number five? What's number four? You think? In my from my from my vantage point.
2: You keep poor company i don't know so uh
1: so let's for number 4 i i want to i want to go to the g1
2: supercar oh i was uh, okay okay we can get to g1 Supercard. i had a thought but it, you can, i'm sure it's probably wrong my thought was remember that time that they made marty skirl the head of everything and then marty skirl got caught up into a scandal we
1: get into that we get that's that's partially part of number 5 um But I I say the G1 Supercard because the G1 Supercard is the day New New Japan realized, the fuck are we doing?
2: Oh, yeah, that destroyed their partnership, especially because all of the people from All In at that point were already out for AEW, so that meant no bucks on this card, no Kenny on this card, no Hangman on this card. We both like the dude.
1: But when Matt Taven is the guy you crown at the end of the night as your champion and the guy... On the night that has Okada winning the title in MSG from Jay White, Mate was a good hand and he was a good wrestler and he was a good Ring of Honor champion, I think. But wow, bro! Not to mention yeah. that's also the same, it's also the same, sh- same show where Finn and Bully had that horrible prolonged match, and Bully booked the Enzo and Cass jump jump in and nobody way knew about way too it. soon, and and nobody but nobody knew about it. Remember? They oh, just I jumped the rails. Remember, I do
2: remember, and, like, and I, the
1: Brist, well, those guys. I'm sorry. And
2: um, I'm sorry. Well, no, yeah. we'll we'll no, we'll we'll acknowledge them under their nickname, but not their actual names. We yes. can just call them Dem boys. Dem boys. And um, I don't know if so much evil in Sonata,
1: but like Tama and Tango were about to beat their ass, cause nobody knew that was happening.
2: People thought that was a shoot Man it's crazy how Cass was able to resurrect his career By distancing distancing himself from Enzo And acknowledging his demons
1: You know That is true By the way Enzo is uh, debuting for GCW I think
2: You know I hope for him That he is also able To like Really become a better person And yeah. Like in, in his case, legitimately, and if he's going to be doing, like, indies, this is going to have to happen. Homie, you you're going to have to learn to actually wrestle. You were yeah. able to get by in WWE not being able to wrestle for shit and being yep. a good-ass talker because of the way that the company works. They yep. literally gave you 205 Live. Yeah. They bitched Drew Gulak. They made him your patsy. A man who could wrestle around you in his sleep. Yep. And had a fire gimmick at the time. The PowerPoints were hilarious.
1: Yeah, they got put on uh, pay-per-view pre-shows because it was so good.
2: So, like, you know, you could get away with that in WWE. That ain't gonna fly on these indies, dog. You right. Unless you do GCW and do a bunch of death matches because, like, then nobody gives a shit if you're good at anything as long as you bust yourself up.
1: GCW isn't a huge deathmatch promotion like I would not GCW, MLW. Okay,
2: I was gonna say GCW. We talking about
1: the yeah. same? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm thinking Court Bauer. I think it's MLW. Maybe GCW. He would fit more in GCW. I think than
2: MLW. I do too. No, I do too. Yeah, if he's willing he's to do hardcore, st- if he's willing to do hardcore style, yeah. The his promo and presentation because his look, like that white trash look, would fly in GCW.
1: And look what it's done for. Uh, Writer Cardona. Mm-hmm. Just real quick, the two things I think that have helped Enzo as of late are one, he showed that he was such a good friend to Cass when it should happen because he took care of him really well, I think,
2: and two, he just shut the fuck up for a while. That is true. That is true. Lesson to everybody. Sometimes it's okay to just stop talking.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because that, that that's that's fixed. Because if you listen to the dude have interviews. He, when Enzo stops talking and Eric starts talking, you're like, I like this dude. And then Enzo comes back, and you're like, Shut the fuck up. So,
2: well, um, well, it also helps when you stop talking after you've been fired because it's like, okay, you've gotten a consequence. Now go the fuck away. Yes, and get over that shit. Try again later. Yeah, he'll never go back. Nope. after that shit he did, nope. SummerSlam or whatever. Oh no, gone. he's done with WWE, but that don't mean you can't make money in wrestling
1: facts yes that's what i mean he'll never go i think he's blackballed from vince so number five is self inflicted wounds the marty Squirrel thing bully ray booking that didn't go so well um choosing to stick with a niche um wrestling style that does not
2: breed well with storytelling never improving production value like ever ever you could watch a you could watch an ROH show from two thousand and five and an ROH show from twenty twenty, and literally the only thing that will change is after a certain time HD cameras were the only kind.
1: Well I was gonna say uh Rick and Bonnie is now Man, <laughs> the, no, the, the commentator number
2: one most valuable free agent to come out. Uh, no, but seriously, like that's the conversation I wanna have. Like more than I want to have, I want to have two talks about ring yeah. of honor. Um, and we'll do this after we take a break. Cause I feel like we bullshat for a really long time. So we'll take a break first. Um, But I want to do two things for ring of honor. Number one, what is going to be when you look back at ring of honor, what is going to be your top ring of honor moment or memory? Okay. And then number two, let's, Conjecture, not where people are going because, like, we have no fucking idea. But let's just talk about who are some of the like, every company in any company is going to be lucky to have people because they got a lot of them. Okay. On that
1: roster. I'm with it. So right, cool. we uh we go we 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 go on a break. We gonna sell some shirts or something.
2: Yeah, we're gonna go sell some merch. You know, go to ProWrestlingTees.com, dot com. chair shop, Get you a t shirt. Get you some fine ass merch. You know, support the people who support your you know whatever listening habit you have. Um, but we gotta pay some bills, y'all. 99 per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv go to powerslam.tv promo code chair shot get your free month again that's powerslam.tv promo code chair shot
0: the chair shot.com always use your head
2: you know Thanks for helping us pay those bills, y'all. And while you're at it, you should also rate and review us. Give us five stars, man. Don't if only give us four stars. As Beaumont Jones said, I'm inclined to believe that you are a hater. Um, That's a that's a fair explanation. So let's get into just to put a bow on Ring of Honor for, for the time being. Let's get into the first one. For you, what is going to be your enduring either moments or memory for Ring of Honor?
1: I think I won't count the G1 Supercard as their biggest moment because they didn't sell that building out Ring of Honor did. But Supercard of Honor, when they had Cody versus Kenny, mm. and and they had the dumb, just typical in Ring of Honor fashion. As I'm giving them credit, they did something stupid. Kenny and Cody didn't end the night. They ended the night with Marty Scurll versus Dalton Castle. Yeah, and Dalton Castle that. beat Marty when Marty was at his hottest. They but did do that. Oh my but gosh. that that show was there because that they, they, they sold the most they'd ever sold. They went head-to-head with NXT TakeOver, and a lot of people chose that show because of how rare you get to see Kenny versus uh, Cody, and I think um, it was Ishii versus Punchman Martinez, a.k.a. Damian Priest, and I think it was Hangman Page versus Kota Ibushi. It was like a dumb, stupid, great card.
2: It was an absurd
1: They had a ladder game. war, didn't they? With I the think Bucks, so, yeah. SCU and one other team. It wasn't Du Boys. I can't remember who the other team was. But it was it was a triple threat team. It just it's just it was a stupid great card. Um It was absurdly good. That was a good one. My favorite moment though, and you're not gonna like it because it involves one of those two guys.
2: But Oh, was uh, it when one of them became world champion?
1: No, no, I don't care about. I mean, the older brother had a really good run. He did. But um, when, for those listening, I apologize, but Jay, there was a, Jay and uh, Adam Cole had a match at Final Battle. And Jay put, and he put some t- uh, tax, it was a fight without honor, put some tax in Adam Cole's mouth and super kicked him. And Adam Cole spit the tax out. I had never seen that shit before. I audibly jumped out of my seat and gasped. <sighs> I I clutched at my pearls. Yeah. So I, I'll never forget that. But I'm not a. The only other thing I could think of is old R. Ring of Honor that I didn't watch, like the Joe Kobayashi series. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Morishima knocking out Danielson's eye. Necro Butcher literally almost dying because Joe was trying to kill him. That did happen. Like it. There was there was the summer of punk.
2: Yeah, the original
1: summer of punk. There's some great moments. I mean, the House of Truth, Prince Nana. I don't know. Great stuff. I don't know know how
2: high. I don't know how high Tony and Vince are going to bid against each other for that tape library. But ooh,
1: Ooh. Vince 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 will definitely throw a bid at because. So many of the guys that ran that company from 2002 to 2010 worked for WWE or made their biggest names in WWE. Danielson, Joe, AJ, Punk,
2: um, Nigel, McGinnis. Vince will also make a play for it because, all right, like Vince didn't want Evolve as badly. He didn't want MLW as badly. Like none of those companies have the tape library that Ring of Honor has. If we taught like... For better or for worse, for the better part of its entire existence, Ring of Honor was always at least the third biggest company in North America mm-hmm. in its existence. And it did spawn so many of the like all time greats of the era.
1: Put it like this, brother. Ring of modern wrestling came from Ring of Honor. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. The ND style,
1: the PWG style, the AW NXT style originated in Ring of Honor.
2: I would agree with that. So, like, and WWE loves to do documentaries. Loves to do documentaries. Cool yeah, not cool. not only would that be a good documentary, but that gives them the ability to make like. Really good quality Seth Rollins documentaries and Cesaro documentaries and Samoa Joe documentaries. And they could redo the Daniel Bryan and CM Punk shit with like an extended catalog. I'm here for
1: it. I'd um, love to see it. But um, Tony
2: is also going to back up that Brink Strike.
1: Not no, because going. he wants All In.
2: Yeah. He wants, if nothing else, he wants the branding rights to All In. Yeah. Um, so and he wants to make sure that Vince doesn't ever counter-program him by playing all in because that's the petty shit I do. <laughs> um,
1: look, we we joked about this in a personal text, but like I'm the type I'm the type of petty I'm the I'm the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers type dude that I would put all in every Wednesday at seven o'clock on the network and and right before every every uh, AEW pay per view just cause.
2: Uh, but like so that's gonna be the gem. For me, my top moment for Ring of Honor, it's a selfish one. It's also a super Card of Honor. Um, my top moment, I was at the Supercard of Honor where the Bucks and the Broken Hardys had their epic ladder match showdown. In Orlando. In Orlando. And that, ma- that card started with Adam Cole versus Marty. Um, that was the first match? Yeah, that was the start of the show. Yeah, yeah. Blink and you would have missed it. Um And I just remember I had so much fucking fun, and that ladder match was so epic, like one of the Matt best I've ever had. Matt and Nick are petty assholes, and they're annoying as shit. But like from an in ring standpoint, they make art, and so and so do Matt and Jeff. So like. It was a beautiful match. It was a wonderful show. And then the next night, Matt and Jeff had their WrestleMania return moment. And everybody knew it was coming, and we still marked out like crazy anyway. Um, can, can, I, can I tell you one more, one more that pops in my mind? Yeah. You mentioned Matt and
1: Jeff. The wildest shit I've ever seen on a wrestling show that was, script, that was actually scripted was the Super Kick Party. When Matt, Jeff, and Adam Cole and Tama Tonga, and everybody super kicked everybody ringside. They had so many super kicks, there was a super kick counter at the bottom right. It's the funniest shit I think I've seen in wrestling. I album. mean it's I, so gotta give,
2: I mean, I give another thing we bring up Matt Hardy, man. Ring of Honor was the birth of Big Money Matt.
1: It was, and you know what? That's the thing that gave him back goodwill after all that bullshit he pulled. Not
2: only was it the thing that gave him back the goodwill after all that bullshit he pulled, but like Legitimately, Broken Matt is hilarious, and I give Broken Matt all the props for the just the pure creativity of it all. Sure, sure. But if we just talk his best work, his best character work, his best money rank work, big his Matt. best complete persona, Big Money Matt was money. Proof of that to, to give you to give That's people proof. The version of, of Matt that is the Hardy Family Office was. Well, Simpatico. Yeah, that's the version of Matt that is the Hardy Family Office. The whole reason that the Hardy Family Office thing is a giant dollar sign is he's just like, oh, I'll just go back to being big money Matt because, like, I'm too old to be in the ring now, and I, I can't fight, but I can't make you them dollars.
1: Are, are we are we missing any gems here? Roddy had a great run, Mr. R.O.H.
2: Yo, Mr. R.O.H. Oh, 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 we would be remiss... Talking about Ring of Honor without giving well yes without giving shout outs to Jay Lethal and Truth Martini
1: True, yeah well, I, said, I said how's the truth yes yes, absolutely
2: like we would yeah. we would just be remiss if also I will give them a shout out for being where Mike and Maria met and that was really great for both of them so like In the kingdom yeah yeah y'all know Adam Cole Bay do you know Adam Cole kingdom
1: I like to t- take it back before like Future Shock then the then the kingdom. So um that that's where Bullet Club started in America
2: was really that ring like,
1: Oversight. They have some gems, bro.
2: Really, let's put a bow on it with this and it's really true. If you can think of a major moment in wrestling from the last 25 years that didn't happen that happened in North America and it didn't happen in WWE, AEW or Impact, that was some shit that happened in Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor got more of them than Impact does. Does. Ring of Honor has so many great things, like, so many great moments, so many great performers, so much history. Like, we literally could sit here for over an hour and just wax poetic about the great moments of Ring of Honor. And also wax philosophical about all of the different times that they, like, killed their own momentum or shot themselves in the foot.
1: Yeah, man, I, man, yeah. So,
2: but at the end of the day, like the real tragedy of this whole thing is all of those performers are being released. Um, their contracts are being honored throughout the end of the year.
1: And the, long, the long-term ones, longer-term term to... ones,
2: will go through April. I think they said March thirty-first, April first. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. Um, but. The real thing is there. Like, there's so much talent with Ring of Honor, and so many great performers. Like, let's just think about who are some of the people that are just no brainers. Some company out there gotta scoop them up. We're gonna start with Ian Riccoboni because yes. if he, if you're, if you have a wrestling company that is televised and he is not already someone that you have called up to be like, hey man, so. uh... Are you free on Monday nights? Uh, yeah. Are you free on Wednesday night? Uh, are you free on Thursday?
1: Yeah, so if I'm if i Joe Koff, I call that man and I say, look, here's $250,000. Don't
2: go no fucking way. Don't
1: go. No, just just wait. We got you. But Jimmy Smith has done great work com- uh, comparatively to what he should be doing based on he's not a play-by-play guy. But Ian Rick would be perfect on Raw.
2: Oh, I just threw Monday out as a, like, WWE reference in the macro sense. I in the real, the real move, legitimately, I know Cole is having more fun than Cole has ever had, and he'll be the first mm-hmm. to tell you that. But, like, hey, Ian and Pat is the real money play. And the real reason I say Ian and Pat is the real money play is because even though Cole is having more fun than Cole has ever had, I think Cole is a bigger value to them fully backstage. I got you. You think it's time. I I, I I think it's time for him to not even because he can't do it anymore, but because we're talking like if you want these broadcasters to be seasoned and prepared and ready. I respect that. And you have the actual voice and mentor be there grooming them when you have the opportunity to have Jimmy's doing a good enough job. He's doing a good enough job that you can keep him there. And Ian is ready. Ian don't need no seasoning. Ian is ready. Jimmy
1: said perfectly because Graves is the best they got with respect to Pat. And Saxton's is the most underrated guy. Pat works only
2: within the way that they use Pat. Pat works because they don't fully smarten Pat up to what's going to happen. And Pat is the first to tell you, I couldn't know everything that was happening and do a Mm -hmm. good job at this job. They can only tell me certain things. And that's
1: that's the reason why I think he needs to be with Cole for maybe another year. Just to get more prepared.
2: That. I can respect more that. More prepared but to I take over himself. My only counter to that. And I know it's different because they were in the business beforehand. Um, Colt hadn't done commentary before Ian brought him in. This Caprice hadn't done commentary before Ian brought him in. Uh, so, so don't
1: you're making me be a dick here, but they also wouldn't commentate for two million people.
2: You you're right, and also there, but it's also different because they are also, I mean, especially in Colt's case, Colt hadn't done commentary, but Colt has hosted numerous different Hundreds like of podcasts and, stuff, and yeah. radio shows, and was a wrestler for years and years and years, so like he understood the business in a different yeah. way, and so I totally get that that is different. I just meant those as examples of like, Ian can guide you along.
0: Well, he Graves has proven remember,
2: that he can do that.
1: Graves had to retire, and then the next, like the next month, literally, he was like, "All right, well, here's take over." So you're right; it's it's very possible if if you have the capacity for it. I think Ian would be fantastic, and I I like your idea of him taking the legacy of Cole and being the next
2: guy. Uh, but Joe Coff would be stupid to let him go. Oh, I mean, if, if, like, if Joe has the ability and Ian is willing, because some of this also falls on Ian, like, does Ian want to sit and wait around for that
1: long? And and I would say Tony go get him, but Excalibur, they they got a million already, but they need Excalibur to be their explanation guy. They believe in Tony, and I'm happy as fuck that Tony's back, because Tony's fantastic, and then they got to refuses getting off. to go anywhere. Yeah. So it's like th- they already said it. and then they got like a million other people that pop up for play by for uh color. So he wouldn't be of use there.
2: Yeah. No, um, I I I agree. I agree. Yeah. I don't think Tony really I don't think AEW needs him in the same way. No. Um, Kevin, Kevin WWE Kevin has more shows WWE got more shows that need filling. Yes. Um Honestly, you know, Ian could – but Ian could also be beneficial to either of Impact or MLW.
1: I don't know who the announcer is for MLW. They seem to like their Impact shit. I don't fuck with them. I'm not a big
2: fan. And again, I'm not – I'm not hating on either because I'm not – I don't know who MLW's people are, and they could be really good. I just know that for my money, like, right now, if I'm given my hierarchy of, like, who are the best play-by-play Facts. people in Facts. wrestling, Ian is going to be one of the first three or four names out my mouth.
1: 100%. Um, so we mentioned Ian Riccoboni, and I think he's definitely one of not the top prospect, but, dog, John Gresham.
2: Shane Taylor Promotions in, in its entirety.
1: Hand in hand. <laughs> hand in hand. Black if, wrestling draws. Dog. No, if STP showed up tomorrow, and this is Tuesday. Shit, Hit Row versus STP. <laughs> my God. And everybody wants him to go to AW. That's cool. I know people believe the, that Vince doesn't want anybody no, over 30. Big
2: meaty man slapping me. Give me Shane versus um, Top Dollar.
1: And then, dog, oh my god, I just, all five of them as a, as a record label, a, a group, group oh, is and a Ashanti
2: mo- going, Is Ashanti going with SCP? Yeah, all of, I would
1: say all of them go. And Good. shit, Trisha Door.
2: Good, yeah, Trish better, like, we need to keep Trish.
1: Speaking of Trisha Door, I know she had, a, she had some conversations with AEW. Would be a if, great gift if, for them. Not, not Trish. If if Hunter or Regal or whoever the fuck don't call Roxy right now and say, "Here you go, Mama. What this is? What what do you need? What do you want?"
2: She's twenty two. And just loses charisma. Yes, yeah, she's so prepared.
1: Like. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Mariah. She's so Marissa. I
2: mean she's so she's so badass that like she got PWI to recognize the Pan African. Well, that's Trish. I'm I'm still I'm
1: I'm talking about Roxy. You're talking about Trish. Oh, I'm still Trish on Trish. Is, Trish. I'm talking I'm about Roxy, the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, because Trisha Door is older. I'm talking about Roxy, who was trained out here by by Booker T, who won the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Oh, I missed that part. I'm sorry. She's so young and so prepared. And so, and oozes potential that like she's perfect to be next for NXT. You know what I'm saying? She fits in that vein of what they're trying to do. And if if I if I if I can give Maria Canella's credit for anything, she booked that women's division to perfection, which once she took over,
2: Maria knows what she's doing. You know, Maria was ne- Maria was never the problem. And like as it turned out, you know. As it turned out, Mike was in the midst of like some serious addiction problems that he was battling during a lot of his tenure with the company. But like, yep. Maria was never a problem. She got pregnant. Can't like that. That is, and I am one thousand percent the type of person who is just like that is not something I am going to blame a person for. That is not something I am going to hold against them. It happens. Yep, one hundred percent. I completely agree shit you got pregnant and they had to take you out for 9 months at, or for almost a year because like that's what the fuck happens and like yeah it sucks it happens
1: you're right but you can't complain that your booking changed when literally the
2: whole point of the, the no no i will now i will say no i will say that like you, you can't be too upset that like you were gone for a year and then when you came back it was different because like that's all i'm saying only because of the type of medium that we are. This is not a scripted series where I can just record an entire season before you have to go on bed rest. And, like, we can record things with you holding giant purses and standing behind walls. Or stunt doubles, because uh, Scarlet was pregnant for a whole Avengers movie. Yeah, like, we're like this is the type of entertainment medium we do is on TV every single fucking week, rain or we shine. You and side. you've been yep. gone for a year, so, like... Yep we have to insert you somewhere different somewhere new yeah not doing the exact same thing you were doing but really where they where they fucked that and i understood their reason for it from the copyright perspective blah 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 man the fans were the fans were against it from the word go when he was mike canellis and the you know second he debuted as mike canellis they just instantly were just like nope fuck this i got to tell you
1: and this, the this, this statement's gonna sound fucked up, and I'm not mean for it, too, but you know what I mean. No, say it, though. It would have worked if she didn't get pregnant.
2: You know, the statement the statement only sounds fucked up in the sense that it sounds blamey, but I know that's not what you mean. No, the I'm not blaming her. The point not to place blame on her for what happened. It's no. just to say that Happen if stands. it wasn't for the fact that she had to leave... They could have made this work in a long term sense because yep. it would have had more time to marinate. The, but the whole... when, when she had to leave mm-hmm. because of her pregnancy, like they were still in the squash match phase of Mike Kanellis. They
1: just got started, yes. So like there was no there was no reasoning for him to have the name anymore if
2: she's not there. Well, and especially the whole part of his shtick that got him over in Impact and then within WWE in the first place is she really? introduces him. Yeah, she she, she is, comes out and says she's the first lady of professional wrestling, and she's the savior. It's very Zelina Andrade-esque that
1: mm-hmm. that while Andrade is the star, Zelina is the linchpin of that whole thing that makes it happen, um, or I guess was in their sense because you know such and so, so on and so so forth. Um, other people from Ring of Honor that we're missing that uh, that we have
2: Danhausen. Dan, oh, I mean, you're foolish not to go get Dan Housen. Get well soon, Dan Housen. Love that, Dan yeah. Very injured, very evil. Very um, rich. Very rich. Um, spend your sacks of human money on his new shirt so that he can, you know, get the good surgery. Um, but anyway, yes. Sign Dan Housen. He literally had a guest spot with Conan fucking O'Brien. Like, this man's going to get you mainstream cred. He's over uh, He's super over. And if you're AEW or WWE, he is a license to get some kind of he, he is a license to get some kind of deal with a children's company.
1: Because it's the would, kind
2: of care he wouldn't, but it's the kind of character that would work for toys.
1: No, you're right. I'm saying he wouldn't work in WWE because they wouldn't let him be him. He wouldn't work. That's fair. And it's a shame because he would make great money for them. And he'd be such a if great If they leader. would just
2: let him be Danhausen. Yes.
1: And he'd be such a great talent for them because everybody will tell you he's fantastic in the backstage area. Would work perfectly for both companies, but they wouldn't let it happen. Um Danhausen. Who am I, and, You're am foolish I not that? to
2: call you're foolish not to call Jay Lethal because Jay Lethal might not be at a point in his career where he can be your big name performer, but Jay Lethal is such a good veteran and he's a capable trainer. If you have any kind of, if you have any kind of program where you use your vets to try to season up the younger guys and like help them learn the craft and teach them psychology and character work and all of those other things, like if I'm WWE, I'm trying to get Jay down in the performance center yesterday. That's what I was going to say.
1: I'm bringing Jay in to be a player coach much like we wanted Cassius to be a.k.a. Chris Hero. Um, in fact, speaking of Chris Hero, I know he's not back in Ring of Honor. When they come back, give Chris Hero the book.
2: Oh, you know who was back in Ring of Honor? Speaking of people that were in WWE, um, isn't EC3 in Ring of Honor now? Or wasn't he? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Bro, just go back to Impact, huh? Just go back.
1: done with them, back. Bro. Okay, so first and foremost, we're stupid as fuck for not mentioning the world champion Bandito and the new we Los. Eng- to,
2: we didn't have to mention the new ally, Los Ingobernables because we know that like push come to shove, all them motherfuckers can go back to AAA tomorrow. But, but, well, or CMLL.
1: There's four of them. I don't. Ben. Uh, I can't remember Bandito still with them or not. But you you know, it's Dragon Lee as Roach. Bandito.
2: Dragon Lee got New Japan money.
1: And and Roosh will always be good wherever he goes, because Andrade is gonna vouch gonna for him. But the fourth man you're forgetting is Kenny King. If Kenny King, K-I-N-G. don't get... K-I-N-G. If, if he don't get his bitch ass to, to Titan Towers in New York, finally, if I'm, if I'm MVP right now, I'm on the phone with Vince saying, look, bro, it's been long enough. Get this motherfucker here. And the Kenny Hurt King, Business needs it. That's the... guy." Kenny King is the um look we simpatico, No, oh,
2: baby.
1: Hey, because basically it's just the beatdown crew. All you gotta do is find Sinchi. <laughs> it's the beatdown crew all over again.
2: I mean, Kenny needs that's, it. That's that's a deep cut MVP by the way for those of y'all who, who actually it. watched Impact. MVP needs it. Kenny King needs it. We all need this. I, I know, this know he doesn't do this.
1: I know he doesn't do the same gimmick like he used to. But if you give me 20, 2016 Dalton Castle in the NXT,
2: tell me that wouldn't be the most over-gimmick in the world. I mean, it totally would. With the Ice um, and Twins. Speaking the Ice of and Twins. They're, speaking they're boys, of Dalton there Ca- Yeah, the boys. Um, speaking of Dalton Castle. So at Ring of Honor's next show, before their final show, they're going to have Dem Boys face off against Effie and AJ Gray. In a yeah, tag second team second, crew, second gear crew. I saw
1: that. Um, Because they're the GCW champions. And I boy. saw
2: somebody tweeted this out. And I am so here for this. Now that Effie has finally walked into the Ring of Honor door at final at like the final show for Ring of Honor, let's go out with a bang and have Effie versus Dalton Castle and just let me get my big gay wrestling fan on.
1: Oh my God, that could be the most fantabulous thing Fabulous, fantastic match of all time. Just
2: let me get my big gay wrestling fan on. Oh my god. Oh my god. Dalton and Effie together making androgynous magic?
1: That would be crazy.
2: Oh. Oh. That would be crazy. Oh, I'm peacocky just thinking about it. I'm here for it. Yeah, no, but you're um, in all seriousness, Dalton is another one who would be more beneficial. And I think Dalton would work better in WWE than in AEW. I do, too. Especially post-injury Dalton. Because, like, the thing with Dalton Castle is, and I feel so bad for him in this regard. Man, once he hurt his back, he he has never been the same. Never been the same. He has guy. never been the same after that back injury. But he can talk. He can manage. Yep. And if yep. you need
1: another color guy, that's a guy you can bred to be another color yep. guy. yep,
2: yep, 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 yep. But I'm just so. dog.
1: Look, so there are certain entrances that you got to see to believe.
2: Oh Shinsuke yeah, was with one the of boys, them, right? Shinsuke Stop was one of the them boys for at sure. at the height,
1: dog, because because i i I'm just thinking the first time I saw things and I was the first time I saw Shinsuke come out and uh, with to subconscious in New Japan, I was like, oh my god, this is a superstar,
2: right? Dalton Castle people. with Dalton Castle with the boys and the fans became such a thing that Charlotte started putting the peacock feathers on her fucking robes. That's right, she did take the peacock. That's right, I remember that. She started putting the peacock feathers on her fucking robes because, like, and it really is, and especially if you've seen it live, there's just something about these boys come out in these like Greco-Roman minion outfits with the giant fans and they hide him. You just
1: point it's, it's Caligula. Oh yeah, Caligula. It's Caligula. It just hit me. That's the gimmick. He's Caligula, the peacock. Mm. Oh my god. I never never crossed my mind.
2: Yeah, they oh. come out in those Greco Roman fucking minion costumes. They hide him with the feathers and then they form the stairs and escort him up the steps and hide him again before the big reveal
1: so it's just it's it's, there is nothing like it when it was at its height bro i'm telling you nothing like it uh yeah i I missed that don castle bro uh
2: um oh another person not from an in-ring sense but he can talk he can manage and he can commentate caprice is a valuable commodity for a company caprice coleman is a valuable voice to have in your company i agree uh, especially uh, within your creative and I'm I'm a big pro- I'm a big proponent right now. Let's get more people of color in our creative teams.
1: Man, you ain't said nothing but a word, bro. Um I wanna throw out one more person because I can go all day long. Miranda. Yes, we could and then we'll but we'll do yeah. one more and then we'll transition. I saw saw people but um uh, to session Martha Martinez. She finally decides to sign a sign a deal and then they go out of business.
2: It's <laughs> just know, the right? luck she gets. Ain't that about a bitch? My last one that I'll throw out before we change topics is um, shout out to Tony Deppin, and I hope he gets lots of work because I love Tony Deppin. Tony Deppin's a great dude. By the way, um, if Brody King don't end up with. Is he going to end up in New Japan?
1: No, he's going to end up in Blackout Black because they already teamed together. It just makes the House of Black, it just makes perfect sense. That's true. That's true. And because it makes perfect sense, that shit ain't going to happen.
2: Well, Um, I mean, you know. Speaking of people going to AEW, because TK loves to back up to Brickstrap. Uh-oh, journalism coming. Let's uh, talk about somebody else that uh, went to the land of Khan and uh, debate how this turned out for them and how that fits into a discussion we've been having a while here on the uh, Outsiders Edge. So, Brother Rance, you hit me with a message a little earlier today. You said you wanted to talk a little bit about something that you saw in regards to one Adam Cole hashtag Bay Bay. Yes, so um hit us with it, brother Rance. Tell us what's on your mind, man.
1: I so I like these conversations we've had that we've kind of got a little deeper into a two-sided debate of things that are all based on where you where you stand, right? And there's been a lot of conversation recently about Adam Cole and his tenure in, in AEW. I saw a tweet today that made me think. And um, I'll, shout, I'll shout them out because they're a fairly popular IWC Twitter account. But at JobberNationTV. And the tweet says, Adam Cole has gone from a legit superstar in NXT to a lame joke in just three months with AEW. It's sad to watch his downfall, to be honest. I don't give a fuck if he's having fun or not. He's cringe on TV. Just proves Adam Cole was a creation of Triple H and HBK. Now he's just another guy. Yes or no. I think that's a little harsh. But I, I, I think there is a conversation to be had of what he's doing now. Is it comparable to what he was doing before? And do you think you can't really compare situations the same because he's debuting another place. The other place he was like the mainstay holdover for four years. But I think it's a fair conversation to say. Value on both ends.
2: Don't you think? Where where's the value on both ends? So I agree with what you said in terms of, I think it's a little harsh. I also agree with what you said that there's a discussion to be had here. um, no, it's not the same as what he was doing before and it's not to the level of what he was doing before, but it's also in it's also very obviously not designed to be. He was very clearly booked to be the star almost from the very beginning in NXT. He made his debut in NXT taking out the NXT champion. And in like Berkeley. Which is and then they form their group and declare that they're going to, like, run roughshod over NXT, and they fucking did. By the way, his it, first
1: match, he was the latter match where he won the North American Championship.
2: hmm Then they, you know, did the Dusty Classic thing, and people thought, oh, Bobby Fish is hurt, and that's going to be to their detriment. And it's like, no, we're going to get Roddy to turn on somebody, and he's going to join up. And, like, turned it into gold. So, like, from the very beginning... In AEW, he was booked to be, or not AEW, I'm sorry, in NXT, he was booked to be one of the top stars. Instantly. In AEW, he had a top star debut in the sense that, like, it was a big name reveal at the end of a show. However, almost immediately, they showed you this is not the same thing. Number one, they did the twist of oh no, we still he's still part of the elite, which instantly regulates him to mid card at best because you're not Kenny Omega big dog. Yep. And that means you are not front and center for this faction. Um, so that's number one, you're still part of the super elite, so that relegates you to a certain position. But number two, in the same minute that you debuted for this company, they debuted a bigger star than you. Yep. They bitched you from the word go in that sense. They gave you your first match on Rampage. Was it Rampage, was it Rampage? I'm pretty sure his first actual match was the six man with the Bucks. No, he had a Rampage. singles match. He had a singles match. Oh, was it a singles match with Cavs? Because I remember the, it, that was before the, the, the.
1: Yeah. I remember the clip of him looking back like, oh, shit, that was his first match.
2: Yeah. Oh, well then, all right. It was like one match. But it no was mind. like one match. I stand corrected. It was, like, it was, like corrected. Corrected. That, it was Frankie not Kazarian. It was Frankie Kazarian. I knew that. I just thought that the super, uh, the six man with the bucks was first. I stand corrected, and that's neither here nor there. The point is, they debuted a star that was already bigger than him. They put him in a group where he was not the biggest star in the faction. Uh, they had him join up in the middle of a million other storylines. So he's not even, his debut is not even a focal point other than, oh, look, we have a shiny new toy. And, like, he's already, like, overshadowed by so many people within AEW. And I don't necessarily think that... I don't like the comparison, though, that he's cringe in AEW because I think that you're falling into... Not you, they. I think they are mm-hmm. falling into the trap of... You're judging him based on your expectation for him, not based on what he is being presented to you as. He is being consistently presented to you as a member of the super elite. And he is specifically the Buck's best friend. So he's doing whatever Matt and Nick want to do, and he's their buddy. Yeah. And, and I think, for me, what makes that cringe has nothing to do with him that's cringe because I find everything that Matt and Nick do cringe.
1: Yeah, I and I don't like the word cringe, but I I think I get what that what that tweeter is coming is where it's coming from. First and foremost, I I you know what? I, sometimes I think it's hilarious. Sometimes I think it's stupid. But the spot where he puts him in the camel clutch and then the Bucks run the ropes like five times and then stop and kiss him, it was funny the first time I saw it. Now it was just stupid doing it every match. But it's it's designed to get heat. Um, the Ghostbuster, the Ghostbuster costumes, the flip they did with uh Luchasaurus where it fell, and then they redid the spot on BTE. Uh, there's a lot of spots that they that they're doing that are hokey, dumb.
2: Yeah. Most of it is super hokey. Hokey is the right word. It's very ham. What I find interesting about it is you know i won't criticize the ham because you know my thing on ham is if you're gonna go ham fully commit yep go all the way and they fully commit and they go all the way does it hit for me not a lot of the times it doesn't but Mm -hmm. i appreciate that they fully commit and they go all the way Mm -hmm. however what i find interesting is as we say all the time their stands give their hokey shit a pass Their hokey shit is fun. Their hokey shit is meta. And they're redefining storytelling with their hokey. But when WWE does hokey shit, it's just hokey shit. Like, nah, y'all, let's be consistent and just call it all hokey. Because, like, these motherfuckers... These motherfuckers, not just Adam Cole specifically, but just the elite in general. These motherfuckers have done the Space Jam entrance. They have done... Dressing up as the Ghostbusters for Halloween and had Adam uh, Page return as the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Um, There was a match where they were Street Fighter a couple years ago at Fighter Fest. Like, and I like nerd shit, y'all. I do. I do. But, like, if. WWE does this stuff, y'all hating on it. If New Day come out here dressing these costumes, y'all hating on it.
1: Doing even better. The trick or the trick or treat uh, street fight between Corbin and Moss, and Booze and Nakamura. People hate and that it, shit. That's the most
2: fun back of the year. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I hated that shit too. But guess what? I also didn't like this. The only People thing I liked it. about this was the Hangman reveal because that works within the story. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that cuz it's good storytelling. Y'all just randomly coming out here in fucking costumes with no explanation is like that's lame that's lame ass to me but I appreciate that you fully commit to your lame ass. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, spot on. Um so do you think it's fair to compare his his standing in a in WWE in NXT to where his standing is now? Do you think that's a fair comparison?
2: I mean I'm of two minds on this. In the sense of like so the first answer is clear is a clear no, but fans are going to do it anyway cuz fans are fans. Yeah. Like no it's not fair because like if this were any other sport, um, all right, you're a Ravens fan. And I'll I'll hit you with some history because I grew up in the Carolinas. So, like, Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to judge Steve Smith's tenure with the Ravens based on Steve Smith, the Carolina Panther. Because yeah. this is a different team. This is a different yep. quarterback. This is a different yep. scheme. They yep. throw in differently. Not to mention this version of Steve Smith has a lot of tread on these tires. Pretty old. And so it's not fair to compare the two. But if you're a Ravens fan, when Steve Smith gets signed, you damn sure going to be disappointed if he ain't getting that thousand yards in year one. Yep. We're gonna talk about, well, did we waste our money? So, like, the, that's the short answer. But on the other hand, to give a more nuanced answer... In some ways, yeah, because like it's an indictment against him or the company's faith in him and his ability to be a certain level of star, because if we look at the history of wrestling, if you're really that dude, they're going to make you that dude no matter where you are from day one. Like classic okay. example, classic example, if we go to the old war of the Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, Hall and Nash were brought in. As big bad dudes. Mm -hmm. Took up with Hogan. Who became Hollywood Hulk. As a big bad. Like, And from the jump. Mm -hmm. World champion. Tag team champions. Y'all are running the card. From the jump. Jericho. Transitions into WWF. With the intention of being pushed. As a bigger deal. He debuts in a segment with The Rock. Mm -hmm. Like, if they want you to be a name, you will be a name very quickly, and they will make it known. And it doesn't matter if you're transferring companies. So by putting him where they put him, that is an indictment on, even in a subtle way, where they see him fitting in.
1: I don't disagree.
2: It's not fair. It's not a it's, fair comparison.
1: No, it's not. And I'm so I'm trying to play devil's advocate here for the good of the conversation.
2: Please because, do. i love the conversation.
1: Because, and I say I, I'm doing I'm doing that because from everything Tony has been saying, he's been trying to do, and he's a big believer in having a big roster so you can filter in and out people, and so that you don't have to do the same story every week at every segment. You can filter things in and out. Um, I'm just... Could the story of Adam Cole with the Bucks and the Super Elite be more important than his status of where he is
2: in the company? It could, but like at... Present time, it's not. There's no story to it other than he is with them.
1: So let me let me tell me what you think about this. All right. In that in that in that six eight man tag, um, where there was a Ghostbuster suit against. the Dirt Oh Guard yeah,
2: where Kenny, where he and Kenny had that tension, like they did the there was spot, a little tension between and Kenny, Kenny. kind of looked back like. Well, so Kenny.
1: For those of you who didn't see it, the spot I mentioned where Adam Cole does the camel clutch and the Bucks run the ropes and then kiss him. Kenny went to do that. And then they sent Kenny to go get the guy who was coming in the ring and Cole jumped in the ring Well, Kenny's back is turned, does the camel clutch and the Bucks are running. as a, And as Kenny turns around, the Bucks are kissing Kenny, the Bucks are kissing Adam and Kenny's looking at him like, wait a minute, what the fuck is happening here? Now AEW fans will
2: tell you that's their version of a subtle tease. I mean, can you subtly tease a retread of a story that your sister that one of your working relationship companies did five years ago?
1: They do it all the time. The, the whole uh uh blah, blah 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 the the Mox and 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 Eddie Kingston in the death match was Onita and uh Terry Funk. They redo stories oh, all the Oh no, honey,
2: that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, can you subtly tease a story between Kenny and Hangman, or not Hangman? God, I keep saying fucking Hangman. Well, because they're both Adams, so yeah. Can you can you subtly tease a story between Kenny Omega and Adam Cole Bay Bay when at Kenny Omega and Adam Cole Bay Bay have already done this exact same thing four years ago? Can you subtly tease something that they've already done? That's not a subtle tease, that's a callback. Okay, no, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But also, a lot of people didn't see that because it was in Ring of Honor. You're right, which is why they can retread it, and they should retread it. I'm just saying that's not a subtle tease. That's a callback. Good point. That's a, that's I a callback. It's a callback, and it's a you forgot it happened, but you know who didn't forget it happened? All of the mouth breathers that stand that company. Good point. Good point. Great point
1: final question for you about this whole topic and this whole situation a lot of people were ha- were happy that that adam cole didn't go to the to the main roster of WWE for a myriad of reasons the rumors that he was going to have to cut his hair or change his music or be a manager for Keith Lee. all these bullshit rumors that have not been substantiated right all we know is that there were things that were in the that were pitched but they weren't
2: we don't know that was going to happen Sir, who the fuck is Keith Lee? Are you talking about Bearcat? We <laughs> Are we doing that
1: now? Okay. Yes, the Bearcat the bear himself. Uh, but where do you see his possible standing on David DeGreve's main roster comparative to where he is now? And do you think the rhetoric would have been different?
2: Exactly the same and it would have been worse. All right. Next topic. I mean, I can give a little bit more on that, but no. I think that's where WWE would have ultimately slotted him because like WWE has a semi-glass ceiling that it takes you a few years to work your way through. That but, it take and it's not impossible to work your way through sure. like it used to be. It's not like it used to be. But even if you look at If you look at the last handful of people who have been crowned world champion, with the exception of Roman. Big E, there for years, had to claw his way up from the bottom. Drew McIntyre had to get fired and rehired. Bobby Lashley had to get fired and rehired. Jinder Mahal had to get fired and rehired. Kofi 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 Kingston got buried by Randy Orton. Like Good point. if you like if you look at the champions that have been crowned that are not part of the chosen few. And I mean, the chosen few even includes people like Kevin Owens. So, uh, well. Yeah, like they're part of the chosen few. Uh, people people choose to ignore that because they like them more. But they are part of that same group. Um, outside of that, though, it's all people that have to scratch and claw and fight their way up for years and years and turned shit creative into like gold time and time and time again what i saw happening with adam cole is i saw a situation where vince could tell that there was money to be made but he didn't know how to make it yeah i would agree with that Um, like i could see a situation where because like vince isn't so myopic as people think that he doesn't see that these are people that can be draws Vince is smart enough to know how he can draw and knows if he can't draw with you
1: and and you know I, the, the whole Adam Cole thing and Vince wouldn't have booked him well Vince's booking of AJ Styles showed me that he'll book Adam Cole well because I don't give a fuck what nobody thinks I'll argue this to I have no breath in my body Vince literally said AJ just be you Tell me what about AJ Styles since he's been in WWE has been Vince-ized? Please tell me.
2: I mean, I don't know. Vince is the guy Vince has gotta be the one that's letting him grow that fucking soccer mom hair. And I'm only gonna say that I'm only gonna blame that on Vince because I refuse to believe that any grown adult would allow themselves to have that hairstyle willingly.
1: Well, then you didn't watch his last tenure in TNA when he when he had the Evil Ways theme song and he was Doing the woos. Why no. do you think Hornswoggle does it like he, that? No, because the emo AJ. emo
2: AJ emo AJ was copying Tobey Maguire from Spider Man Three. I'm talking yeah. about Soccer Mom AJ with that like shoulder length bowl cut.
1: His locks are luscious, dog. I'm not. I can't, I'm not hating. I can't grow my hair that way. By all means, but I'm just saying Vince has not changed AJ Styles. If he has, let me know what 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 how he's WWEized him. to put a a bow on this i think it's refreshing for a new star to come into the company and not debut at the top i think it's refreshing
2: oh i got no qualms with that i got no qualms with that it's not like he's not in a position of prominence and it's not like he's not being used um but i mean to get it back to our original context for this conversation like as we've talked about before Adam Cole didn't leave WWE because he was unhappy with how he was booked or any of that shit. Adam Cole left WWE because his wife and best friends all worked for the other company, and he wanted to go kick it with them and still make money. Well, yeah, that and
1: you know, I've done this for a while. Let me go do this for a while. It's just like Brian. Brian didn't leave because he hated WWE. He left because hey, I want to try something else for a minute. Like.
2: Just this idea that, like, because he was one way in one company, he has to be that way in this other company. Like, it doesn't make sense. And you can't hold people to your expectations for them in a performance art. Like, you just can't. You can't hold people to your expectations for them. You have to hold it to the expectation that is established within the make-believe world that they're giving you. Well, speaking of performance art...
1: Ooh, there has look been, with the journalism. I'm, I'm trying to do my best, Kyle. Since I stole the sage the square circle, I can at least copy you on this. Uh, the one young man who we've probably associated with most of performance art in the past few years is one Wyndham Rotunda, better known as Bray Wyatt. Whether he's been the eater of worlds, the uh, Firefly Funhouse master... Or The Fiend. Uh, Bray Wyatt has brought a different level of creative freedom and creative ideas to the forefront of WWE and of wrestling. Recently, Young Wyatt, who is one of the main... Why am I doing this like I'm on a TV show?
2: Keep going. Keep going. You're cricket
1: with grease, baby. Thank you. Recently, Young Wyatt was unceremoniously and shockingly released from the company no, shocking. Shock, very release, shady
2: circumstances.
1: Very shady circumstances. The release was shocking because Mr. Wyatt made a uh, report, purportedly made a multi-million dollar downside, and sold a what was said a quote-unquote shit ton of merch. Yet he was still let go, and questions have arisen as to what could have possibly happened. There's no way that this could have been a budget cut. Well, sources have spoken and, re- and given
2: us a bit of a different perspective. Mr. By Moore. sources, uh, by sources, I'm assuming we mean Mr. SRS and Fightful. Fightful, uh, select best five dollars I spend all month. Oh, I agree. I also give them five dollars of my human money.
1: You gonna give them dog money? Monopoly money <laughs>
2: It's a Danhausen reference. Oh sacks man. of human money.
1: <laughs> All
2: right, I was like, wait a minute. I that,
1: oh, that's a, that's over my head. Um well, I'm well. not gonna I'm not gonna read the whole thing. Uh well that because also because go subscribe, you know. Yeah. But I do wanna read uh or some sur- surmise some of the story and then I'm gonna throw it to you for your thoughts because uh it's quite an interesting situation. Um the creative team had been told that Bray was coming was cleared and coming back to wrestling because remember he was hurt and then the loss of Brody Lee affected him pretty seriously and the coinc- all those things coinciding he was out for a while. And uh there have people that have noticed that him and Randy were not happy with the way the WrestleMania match was booked and was going to end because it changed 2 days before the show. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. Um they were, Fife was also told that there was, quote unquote, never a true creative endgame game for that story, which now this is a story that lasted like almost six months. Um, also, Randy Orton was supposed to take time off after that match, but it was, but ended up being Bray Wyatt who left after the match. I will say and, this. Yes.
2: It was very obvious to us, the viewers, because it was something we debated ad nauseum. It was very obvious to us, the viewers, that they did not have a clear end game in mind for that storyline. We talked about it for a while. as like, yeah. why is this still happening? Well, it's still happening because they don't know where the fuck it's going.
1: Man. Yep. I hate when the, I hate when the conjecture is right, but it seems to be right. Um, this is a direct paragraph from this that I think is pertinent to read. There were numerous people backstage who said that Wyatt was outspoken when he thought creative was bad. And by the end, some felt Vince McMahon just didn't like him do that. There's also a story here saying that creative was has some major frustration around the angle where the Fiend was burned because there was a suit that they made for for that. And uh, the size, the weight and the movement of the suit was an issue because they thought that Bray was too heavy and it was going to look bad. So they scrapped it. Uh, uh, finishing up the the story here given by Fightful Select Talon was told that it was a budget cut but clearly they they know that was some bullshit Uh, but it it was a major issue among the roster because nearly 20 people who were members of the staff of the roster or just employees of the company reached out to Fightful saying that it had to be more than that because he made too much money for the company um, and, uh, he was, Wyatt was well known within the company to move merchandise when he was an active performer and several other longtime stars said that they don't feel like their jobs are safe anymore, despite their positions on the card or prior pushes, because if Bray can get gone, anybody could get
2: gone. It's Morris. I mean... So, again, number one, my first observation is it was very obvious to us that there was no fucking direction for that story. Yes. And that, I am sh- I mean, I can imagine that how frustrating that would have to be as a performer. I can very much imagine how frustrating that would have to be as a performer. Because part of the thing for any kind of performance is, like, knowing where is this going. And, cool. like... Because, like, that's part of how I sell the conviction of all of it. And that's part of how I tell you a convincing story is I have to know where this starts and where this ends. hmm You know, the story that we tell in the middle is the fun part. We got to know where does this start? Where does this end? What are the major turning points we're building towards? Mm-hmm. Then we get to have the fun of deciding, okay, what are the Easter eggs and the callbacks and the nuances and, like, the fun things that we want to put our twist on and blah, 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 blah. So I can totally imagine how frustrating it would have to be to have be going through that and then to also have things like finishes changed and, like, to- angles reworked and, like, clearly in the middle of this, the main character becoming Alexa Bliss instead of Bray. Um etc, etc, etc. Now, I can also imagine how that would be incredibly frustrating. Also, as far as like Bray being vocally displeased with this, all reports that we have ever read over the last five or six years have indicated that Bray was one of the locker room leaders. What does a <laughs> locker room leader do? They stand up to management. They stand up to creative they stand up to booking they do those things on behalf of the roster whether it's for themselves or for other people they are that is part of what it is as the leader you go to the leader and you say hey so like this is the issue that i'm having blah 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 and the leader's like all right cool say no more let me make sure you get a meeting with so-and-so let me make sure this gets handled so if I'm the person that handles that for other people, and you're fucking my shit up, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to hear about this. And so, like, yeah, I could totally buy him being vocal, and I could see Vince being, you know, pissy about that. But you and I had a conversation not too long ago about something very different, Brother Rance, where we talked about poor leadership And how a lot of times these kinds of conflicts could be avoided by, you know, competency. So, like, you got a problem with me complaining about the booking of this story and there not being a clear finish and not liking the way that it's being handled. You could fix that by coming up with a finish and creating a direction and handling it. You could... Prevent all of that by just doing your fucking part. Then I'd have literally nothing to sit here and complain about.
1: So the thing that's interesting to me is it's really crazy that the guy, with respect to the New Day, the only guy on the roster that had full creative autonomy to say whatever he wanted. 'Cause you I look, I'll go to my grave saying there's no way in hell WWE scripted what the dude was saying. It's no way. Um, that the dude that had full creative autonomy didn't have any say on his books and how his how his matches and his segments and his and his stories were being booked. Because I've read a lot of rumors and reports on Bray's tenure. And one of the things that this kind of encapsulates very slightly is that Bray was growing ever worried, tired, concerned about the way his stories and his 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 uh, angles were being booked. Now, that's crazy to me that this is a company, and we've long talked about how I don't think there's a problem at the top I don't think there's a problem at the bottom But WWE has the worst middle management at all Of professional wrestling I, I just think they're god awful um, And we continue to have stories That show us that With respect, good people maybe Shitty people as their job Is, mm-hmm. as, And that's my opinion um, That's But then that's a that weird dichotomy to me Hey bro, go say what you want when you're out there but, uh, yeah, hey, we're gonna change this story you we we'll we'll make the story, just go talk what you want us what he's saying is leading the stories It's weird to me. am I the only one that
2: finds it weird? I mean, I don't think you're the only one that finds it weird. I think you're the only one that's articulating what the real problem is, and it's what we're like talking about where you are creating the fires and then complaining when you smell smoke. Well, stop burning shit and you'll stop smelling smoke. You make more money than you've ever made at any point and start firing people during a global health crisis. Mm -hmm. You consistently book repeat shows and then... Wonder why your audience is tuning out. You make promises to performers and then change things at the last minute or renege on those things and act like in 2021 it's not going to get out and are like blindsided when these performers then leave or ask for their release or whatever the case may be. And it's like, dude, you are creating these problems. You enabled Jerry Lawler to be a predator for years. Like, you created these problems. You, The plane ride from hell was a thing on Dark Side of the Ring, and, like, you, there's blowback on people like Ric Flair for what happened, and a lot of it is justified because, like, bro, what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. But at mm-hmm. the same time, man, Vince, you can't be all that pissed about it because you fucked up. This is on you. If you don't let this happen, and if you... Come down from on high instead of sending the underlings. Like at at first sign, this shit was getting rowdy and out of control, and like a little bit cray. Your ass, as the owner of this motherfucker, should have been back there checking people.
1: I hate, I hate to do this to you, but Vince wasn't on the plane. That was wrong.
2: Well, I, I mean,
1: I hate I, to do that to you. Not but I, but we're more. a show that believes on on truth and facts.
2: Stop killing me when I'm cooking with grease. I know. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I'll do better. But Damn. I did, I didn't I didn't want that you for you to do
2: that. People were like oh, because I said this, but he was wrong. And we don't get enough listeners that pay enough attention to be fact checking me. <laughs> well, let me tell you about the DMs I be getting up. <laughs> Shit. Um, but you're still right. It's it still ultimately his fault. It's his he, company. well, it's it's his fault because it's his company. But it's also his fault because he creates a lot of this shit on himself. Yeah. Don't don't tell Punk you're gonna do X, Y, and Z, and then at the first sign that you didn't do one of those things, when he does what he does, which is overreact and freak the fuck out, don't be surprised. Don't mishandle Austin and empower him to be petty and then when he pulls some petty bullshit turn around and act blindsided. Don't give your locker room steroids and then when you get caught up in a federal investigation fire the people that were doing them. You gave them the fucking steroids. You caused the federal investigation. I mean you you still couldn't agree by the way like don't you know don't avoid doing things about concussions and then when somebody who was under contract for you and has a Harvard law degree goes on record and talks about all of the ways that you're not looking out for the health of your air quotes independent contractors that you don't supply with health care like you created the fire You have done this. You fucked the creative with Bray. You have done this. You hamstrung the... or You didn't rein in Hunter with NXT sooner. And allowed the gap between the NXT and the main roster to continue. And created a problem. And were then flabbergasted on how to solve the fucking problem. So then what you end up doing, because you waited so long to do the right fucking thing, you end up having to go into damage control. And so then you overreact, and you do too much, and you overcorrect, and everybody who's left behind has to suffer the consequences. And in this case, the consequence is probably going to be sometime this month when Wyndham debuts, probably for TK.
1: So, what it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Sounds like you had time today. You know, I didn't think I did. I didn't (laughs) think I did. But man... It turns out I had time today. You had. To, I did not expect a, a running down of Vince McMahon in the WWE in total. But again,
2: everything is So I So mean, the thing is, because the thing is, we is. say it all the time. The thing is, we say it all the time. Vince McMahon is not a good person. It, it, we ain't out here. We ain't out here caping for him. He ain't a good fucking person. Take all of his fucking money, especially the blood money that he gets from these nasty ass dictators. That's another thing you created. You made a partnership with KSA knowing how MBS gets down. And so when he pulled some Saudi Arabia shit and killed a fucking journalist in a goddamn embassy and then cut the body into pieces and escorted that shit out a little bit at a time. Now you surprised that people don't want to partner with you on this and that the fan base is upset. Like.
1: So let's let's get back on track. Because if if you want, I'll give you a whole show where I'll just no, say, Hey, no, no, I'm Ray, and then you go no, off. No,
2: no, but I want, no. I got too much. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay.
1: Last question about the situation. Devil's advocate. Complete devil's advocate. Do you think there's any mistakes Bray could have or did make in the
2: situation? Well, I think Bray made plenty of mistakes. Um I think I think allowing The Fiend to go on for as long as it did Was ultimately a mistake You think it um, went too long? I think The Fiend went too long because of okay. the way that they booked Because of the way that The Fiend was booked It'd be okay. one thing if The Fiend was booked as a human character Yeah But because The Fiend was booked like an immortal Yeah And like it could never die And it was impossible to put it down And blah 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 the blah, Seth blah, Rollins, blah The Seth Rollins match hurt The, the Fiend irreparably, yes. I think that And I think that for that reason, that went on for too long, regardless of its intention. I think that Bray, I think that Bray in a lot of ways is a good example of why I'm not a big fan of method acting. You get so engrossed in this character that you're building and so committed to the character that you lose sight of the performance that the character exists within okay and i think that in a lot of cases bray was so committed to being the eater of worlds or so committed to being the fiend or whatever that character was that he wasn't willing to adapt it to the moments and the ways that wwe tells its stories I've said to you before,
1: the biggest issue with Bray Wyatt, the gimmick, is that WWE didn't create it. Yeah, that's, no, that's always, fair. that's always been the biggest issue because they never knew how to book something that was a brainchild of Wyndham Rotunda. Much well, like they couldn't book fair, Matt Hardy, broken Matt they, Hardy.
2: They ultimately are never good at booking things. You're right, to your point. They are never good at booking things that they don't come up with. That's why NXT 2.0 is working better than what NXT was at the end, because all of these things are completely original makeup of the WWE, and they don't have to worry about the integrity of anything else.
1: 100%. And I think I always thought that was the biggest issue, um, because it was so good. And it was so fresh and so different and it was so profitable, and Bray was so good in the role that he had to be pushed as a top guy. But they didn't know what to do with it. So when you see stuff like uh, a Hell in the Cell match between Rollins and, and Ambrose is uh is broken up by a, a a running ghost and then Bray comes in, or you see Bray and Ambrose in a match, and Ambrose doesn't realize have to unplug a fucking TV. Or you, you know,
2: see Bray and Randy in a match with cockroaches being projected onto the fucking ring mat. speaking of fire, which not the
1: what's the what's the what's the match the House of Horrors match? Yes. Speaking of speaking of which,
2: legitimately, I will never forgive. I will never forgive WWE Creative for not giving me. Brody Bray, Bray versus Randy versus Luke in a triple threat match for the WWE title at that WrestleMania. I forever feel robbed. May he rest in peace, Brody Lee. I agree. And for those of you who may have said that, well,
1: Harper wasn't open up to get a title match, Jack Swagger got a world title match at WrestleMania. And
2: and it's not even about him being over enough. The story called for it. I agree. The story called for it. Agreed completely. This was a three-man unit that imploded from within, and all three were performing at top level, and the story called for it.
1: I will say this, though. The one positive thing that happened from it was uh, Harper saved Ali's life when they had the... Now that is true. Same. So like now that is
2: true. I I that's the one saving grace for me. That is true. He did save a man's life that day.
1: Can I make you laugh before we get out of here? I love to laugh. At the end of our show, we have a a nice diatribe speaking that we're just some increasingly young increasingly young men, or less increasingly young men, just trying to make it out here, so you gotta respect that. That comes from the legend known as Philip Jack Brooks at KCM Punk, and uh, the rhetoric behind his ass whoopings in the UFC. Ooh, did he catch them ass whoopings? Well, Mr. Punk has been in the news. Again? uh, Recently, um, an interview with Josh Martinez. Oh, Lord. Speaking about what his WWE return could have possibly or would have possibly looked like. And I quote, I literally want to wrestle everybody. But I'm telling a specific story here of coming back, kind of restarting, rekindling my love for pro wrestling. If I went back to WWE, what would I do? There's a formula, there's a track record, and a formula. This is what they do. Batista comes back, he wins the Royal Rumble. He made it to WrestleMania. Edge comes back, he's in the Royal Rumble. I think he was in it twice. He might have won. I don't know. He goes on to the main event. WrestleMania. There's a formula. And I was bored of that shit 10 years ago, so I'm bored of it now. My, my
2: question to you,
1: wasn't the biggest fucking qualm that he did in fucking
2: WrestleMania? I mean, hear him tell it, that was his biggest issue, was he was never the main event. Never the main event. Never the main event. Um, But I mean... You know, if there was anybody that could break the formula, because you love to break the mold, if there was anybody that could have come back and not made a better WrestleMania, it was CM Punk. <laughs> That's funny. If there if was anybody that Vince would have been like, oh, no, we can break that formula, big dog. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs>
1: For the record, I'm, I know that he had a lot of other qualms that were legitimate. The injury thing, the not taking time off thing. But by and large, the thing that's gotten the most rhetoric and the most conversation behind it was him bitching that he didn't he didn't get a chance to event WrestleMania. That was the one thing he wanted to do. He couldn't do.
2: Uh, I, just, I just find it funny. Oh, I mean, I find everything about Punk at this stage of his career funny because he's the perfect embodiment of die and be a hero or live long enough and see yourself become a villain in my mind, because like. You was the voice of the voiceless, and like you was willing to walk out on the company for what you believed in, and you were the one to speak against the legends being pushed at the expense of other people, and blah, blah, blah. And now look at you, legend, taking time away from the young ones, taking shine away from the performers of today. Mm. Go ahead, Brother Rance. I just got one question.
1: What happened to Punk and Darby being cool and Darby possibly
2: getting his one back? Now look at you. Darbyless. Sans Darby, as the French in France would say.
1: Okay. And if it happens, I'll come on this airwaves and shout out to my homie, Sir Sam. I will say I was wrong.
2: And I will come out on these airwaves and say, yeah, you were, but we don't apologize on this show. Not today.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> hey, I'm hyped for full gear though. I got to give you that. I'm hyped for full gear.
2: Oh, I'm hyped for full gear. I'm hyped for full gear. If they don't coordinate, Hangman, we riot. Oh, it's
1: good. Oh, I just got to tell you this. Look, I'm not a big believer in promoting a show that hasn't happened yet, or we don't know what's going to happen. But if Hangman Page don't win on, on full gear, oh, you thought we pro- were mad?
2: You thought we were mad when Ghetto Rob Naito?
1: Oh my God. It's going to be a legendary episode of The Outsider's Edge. We might be alive. We
2: were mad when Ghetto robbed Naito. We understand the promos on Dynamite. We don't need no. subtitles and translations.
1: Good said we understand the promos.
2: <laughs> we don't need subtitles and translations. We followed the whole story.
1: <laughs> we're going to be outraged because we can actually understand what's happening. In real time, for the no, right look, reasons. Hey, Square Business. If it, if 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 Hangman lose, I, we might go live
2: for the oh, Edge. Shit. <laughs> if Hangman lose, we won't be able to go live for the Edge because I will break something That's and have to replace it. That's
1: fair. We we might we might need to take a week off and <laughs> cool our jets. <laughs> hey, oh. but you know what? I've Shout out to the homie in the head honcho here, uh, the captain Greg DeMarco. My boy Greg is very I'm gonna get a text message after he hears this. I know I am. He's gonna say, the beauty of this is you doing what a fan's supposed to do. You are invested. Yes, Greg, I am. And they that motherfucker better win.
2: He better. He better. They want to or build the star for the or, future.
1: or as Mr. As Mr. Helmsley once said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet. I damn sure am. Damn right. And I'm going to tweet from at it's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. I may tweet from Outsiders HCS. And you know what? I may tweet from at Media, because that's the crew we rock with journalism.
2: Like that. And I mean, you can find me on Al Gore's internet at Dr. S'mores, where I will be liking and retweeting the things that Rant says not actually tweeting myself. Uh, However, no matter where you find us, y'all, we here at The Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything we can trying to make it out of here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with them. Important facts like, rest in peace to Ring of Honor, you were an icon of this industry for an era that really needed it. And... Other times, we're going to hit you with them necessary facts like, Vince, you start your own fires, big dog. You can't be surprised when you smell that smoke. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And you've got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, just like Sinclair, we sure don't give a fuck. Too soon. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Why
1: should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis
2: with attitude.
1: Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card reward.
2: Y'all hear the sound of those sirens, that can only mean one thing. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Outsider's Edge podcast here on the Chairshot Radio Network. This is your boy, Mr. Kyle Moore's, and I am joined, as always, by the Kenny to my kota, Mr. Ray Cash. Rance Morris, how you doing, my brother?
1: It has been an emotional week. It is going to further be an emotional week. It's going to be an emotional show. But in the meantime, just getting started. I'm doing pretty good, my man. You looking quite dapper. Well, actually, I both mean, of us are. Because you had not see me since I had my shit cut either. So.
2: I was going to say, you, you looking all lined up. You know, We here mm-hmm. at the Outsider's Edge believe in looking fresh. We don't always believe in you know not fucking up and posting our show regularly. But we do believe in always looking fresh.
1: Thank you for bringing it up. The, the elephant in the room is. We recorded a whole ass show last week. As you're listening to this, I put last week's show before this one. So, yeah, your boy fucked up. Uh, I was busy. I was busy. Had a very close friend of mine die. I had to go to a funeral. So I was very I was busy. But nonetheless, y'all get a double dose this week. Well, I mean, so, you know. who's
2: complaining? Well, no, I mean, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and they got to respect that. We tell them every week.
1: Well, the person who created that, uh, that, that wonderful saying that we so eloquently and lovingly use really got some respect it because uh, he got some smoke in his front yard that he's got to deal with. And we'll talk about that a little later.
2: Yeah. I mean, we'll get into that later, but like, yeah, let's take a get big, some take a deep sigh. Take a deep breath. Yeah, I know. Let's get this work in again. Here we are again before a holiday again. At the height of an economic downturn, you know.
1: Again. The day of the investor call. Again. Again.
2: The WWE out here just, you know, cutting bait on a lot of these talents. And, you know, for the second round in a row, there were some names that were, you know, a little bit bigger than others. So I'm just going to go ahead and start, you know, listing off the names that. Got released, and then we'll, we'll get into the bullshit.
1: We'll list them all, and then we just talk about them ad nauseum, or you want to go one by one?
2: Let's list them all, and we'll talk about them ad nauseum, because there are some names that are real, real, like, minor. We wouldn't have a lot to say, and then there are other names that we could talk about for a hot minute. So yes, sir. we're going to just, you know, in literally no particular order at all, the people released in this latest round of releases, um, Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik. Yeet Rama, Katrina Cortez, Trey Baxter, Zeta Ramir, Jesse Camilla, Oni Lorkin, Frankie Monet, Ava Marie, Harry Smith, Ember Moon, Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, and Scarlett Bordeaux, Bia Yim, and Keith Lee, and BFAS. Yeah. All shown the door. <sighs>
0: um,
2: I'm gonna start with Taya Valkyrie. Um, now that she's, you know, no longer with the E, we're gonna go back to giving her, you know, the name that she is best known for and the name that she tweeted out mm-hmm. immediately after this shit was over. Um, we'll start with Taya Valkyrie. I'm just gonna call Taya a net like a what could have been. In the Mm -hmm. sense of, like, she was only there for a cup of coffee, and then she was out. Like, I'm not going to say that they missed the boat, or that they didn't capitalize, or whatever. I'm just going to say, like, she was there, and then she was gone. And I think that that's unfortunate, because, like, Taya can fucking go. And she's charismatic as fuck. And she's just great. So I think that's unfortunate. You won't say it. I will. They fucked
1: up. Of there's, We're going to talk about some big ones That are just almost inconceivable But I think the biggest Fuck up of WWE Out of those 18 people is Frankie Monet Because she's the only one of these 18 Who is a perfectly ready made person She was main roster ready From day one and Because she was a Triple H hire I get that that's just the path you go through But she should have went to the main roster From day one as you just said But if everybody in this list even Keith, they all are flawed in some way. Taya Valkyrie, a.k.a. Frankie Monet, is literally the perfect situation. She does fantastic character work. She is a really good wrestler in the ring. She can talk. She is experienced. She has been a locker room leader everywhere she's been, and she knows how to wrestle in front of TV.
2: And so, And she's proven like to be durable from a from a bodily standpoint like she has not had the the style of wrestling that she does she's very smart with the way that she wrestles like she has not had a lot of very very significant and serious injuries that have kept her out for significant periods of time Um, now i will say you know i think she is also the person who has the most readily obvious like exit i think she just goes right back to impact yeah you know what i gotta say
1: this though it's disappointing to me that so many people left impact because they wanted a better situations. and now they gotta go back and it's good it's good for impact they were treated well while they were there and impact has done well for other people recently but it's a shame that it's like it's ww or aw or bust you know and that's and I know that's not quite what it is, but it feels like that because going back to Impact feels like a, a downstep t- for me to them. To
2: I them. I agree, and you know we we have agreed uh, as a show that like shitting on Impact is almost like punching down at this point. So like you know we're not going to punch down, but I do agree it is kind of a step down. I think that like I I am a big believer AEW shouldn't sign everyone. AEW can't sign everyone. I think AEW should sign Tay Valkyrie. I don't. I, I, I think I don't, Impact is a better fit for her because Impact does better by the women.
1: But I, 100%. I don't think they should sign her for this one reason. Number one, there are more pre- The WWE formula doesn't work for AEW. By that I mean, WWE is looking for every star, every person to have to be an abject top-level superstar. When sometimes you got to have a backup point guard. Sometimes you gotta have a a a, a second kicker. Everybody doesn't need to be a everybody need to be the 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 starting quarterback or the superstar receiver, right? And so while the women's division still needs more stars, if you bring Taya Valkyrie in there with the time they give their women, that's just another person that's not gonna be used, coming from a place where she wasn't used. Kyle, she wrestled six matches in the six months or so she was there.
2: Criminally unused
1: Criminally
2: And,
1: and my biggest issue well, And we'll, we'll talk about this As we go through more of these I can understand Having a yearly culling of people And letting them go and do better things Because you're not going to use them I can understand that I'd never like for somebody to lose their job But I think at some point it may be beneficial for both parties But when you've cut people You literally just signed And, and forced to move across the fucking country to live in one city and you cut them within less than a year of their contract, then what the fuck was the point that, that angers me so much that people like her or Zayda Ramir or Trey Baxter, some of these people that just signed, right? Like Jessica Mia has been there forever. So you know what? If it was time, it was time. Only Lorcan wanted to go a couple years ago. If it was time, it was time. Jeet Rama, God bless him. He's been there three, four years. If it was time, it was it was time. But you cutting people who just you, you just signed. That's disrespectful to me.
2: I agree. And like it's also, again, like you said, what was the fucking point of signing them the first goddamn place? Now, really, this feels more like what it felt more like to me was they are just completely cutting bait with old NXT. Like, anyone that they weren't going to put on the main roster that was old guard NXT got snip, snip, snip. And then, Keith Lee, I mean, I think Keith got screwed over by his injury situation more than anything else because I think it killed his initial push and he never recovered from that. Um, now, creator wrestler, you know, I don't know what went wrong with him. Maybe you can pontificate on that for me.
1: So there's a couple of thoughts on, on that. First and foremost, um, shout out to Kazem F- uh a.k.a. Kaz. Uh, if you don't know who Kaz, is, Kaz used to write for WWE. He's uh, on the Masked Man Show with Kaz podcast. He's on Say Less with his own podcast, and he works for MSG. Uh, has a post uh, Rangers and post Knicks show very very big in the community a very prominent wrestling fan and wrestling undit if you will uh and he said something that was very illuminating to me he said that carrion cross is a legit badass and it it maybe wasn't i think it was him is a legitimate badass who can't look like a legitimate badass on screen that was already a failure but i think Something backstage just didn't jive. I don't. I don't think he was a problem. I no. Nope, there's been no report he was a problem. But he did everything he was asked. But I don't know if Vince didn't believe in him or if Carrion was was one of those people who did what the boss asked but was audibly, visibly upset about it because he's tweeted or recently that you know he hated the fucking mask and being. Demolition, third member, apparently. And then I don't want to put conjecture in, on air. But there was a report that four to six of the people released were released in some part because they didn't want to get vaccinated. And we know the history of Carrion and some of the beliefs that he has shown or 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 done. So if 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 would you be shocked if Carrion and Scarlett were two of the people that didn't want to get vaccinated?
2: Man, white people doing stupid shit will never shock me. Well, that's that's
1: the truest statement we'll say all fucking night.
2: And I don't want to start. I don't want to start a rumor. I don't want to start any
1: rumors. But I'm just trying to make sense of the facts we know around us and what can make sense. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. I'm not one of those people the people that believes bigger, that he. Would... I think the bigger miss there wasn't even him. The bigger miss is Scarlett. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way, and I. Th- she is a huge miss, but I am I visibly bothered, literally and genuinely movably bothered by the rhetoric around Karrion Cross, because everybody loved that dude before he got signed, and everybody fucking turned on him the second he got signed. That bothers me. There's no consistency with that. I' must be speaking about you, because you never know what about the dude. Oh I, but, I know. I know but, but literally, people were begging for killer Cross to get signed. AAA, impact. coolest thing out there. And he gets signed, and everybody fucking hates him after that first match. And not because the match was bad. I don't know if it's because of who he is as
2: a person or what. I don't even think—but I don't think everybody hated him in NXT. Oh, yeah. They did. I mean, I think the issue—and, I mean, it's always been my issue with him. And it's kind of building off of what was said there about him being— a legitimate badass that doesn't come across as a badass. My issue with Karrion Cross has always been like, to me, he has never felt like the star of the show. And he was positioned as if he were, you know, his title run was portrayed in such a way as if he were the star of the show. And I'm just like, dude, you're like maybe the fifth or sixth biggest star on this show right now. And that's being generous. And a lot of that has to do with, like, you have a badass presentation, yeah, like, really great presentation. But if I look at the hierarchy of the environment within which you are existing, like, at the time, to- because at the time he was in NXT, you still had all of Undisputed Era. So it's like, Adam Cole, definitely higher up on this card than you. Um, Johnny Gargano higher up on this card than you. Tommaso Ciampa higher up on this card than you. Well, there's the
1: Fatal Five where he had, where it was him, but then it was O'Reilly, Cole, Gargano, and Balor. No, and to be done. And, oh, yeah, but yeah.
2: then you just also said Finn Balor was in NXT at the time. So yeah. it was just like Karrion Cross was positioned as a star, but he never felt like a star. And I think some of that is... What made his presentation badass in so much of, like, in almost every way, for me anyway, was Scarlet. And if Scarlet is what makes you badass and stand out, you do not strike me as the star here. She strikes me as the star and you are her, like, her minion getting things done for her. It just so happens that you're being pushed as the actual wrestler here. And so, like, that was always the disconnect for me anyway, was just like, Mm. oh yeah, so like, you're supposed to be and I think that it was a real disconnect because, you know, on the flip side, like, they immediately thrust Braun Breaker into this, like, I'm gonna be the star of the show role, and I instantly was just like, yes, yes, you are gonna be the star of the show, sir. Yes.
1: Uh, if anybody else would have gave me the argument, I wouldn't accept it. But because I know you and your love and affinity for Scarlet, I, it, it makes sense the way you see it. And I don't think you're wrong. But I also think that the people who think Scarlet was the star of the show, people just that love Scarlet. Because if you watched very clearly, she was subservient. Very clearly, she watched every episode. But, the bit, but you spoke about it. He was miscast. He was the star of the show, in my opinion. Not just from a presentation standpoint, but he beat... He had legitimate beef with management. He beat everybody down, but the problem is, he came on a legacy. He came on a show with legacy people. He came on a show when all of the top people in the history of NXT basically were still there and were still loved, and he wasn't. And you know, we're in this world now where we can't separate kayfabe from reality. So instead of that giving him more heat, that just made people not care about him. And then he legitimately was set up to fail on the main roster. Everything that made him work, absolutely they took it away, away from, there.
2: from him. No, absolutely agree there. They fucked him on the main roster.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've always been of the belief that I understand it, and I'm going to tell you why. Understanding and liking ain't the same thing. But I've always been of the belief that I understood it because when Vince believes in you, He will put you through adversity that makes you massively uncomfortable to see if you can deal. If you can deal with that, then you'll be better out afterwards. And I'm going to give you a perfect example very recently. Bobby Lashley. Remember when he was bending over and making everybody kiss his butt? Remember Bobby Lashley's sisters? That is the worst segment in maybe the history of wrestling. And now look at him. Now look at Bobby Lashley. He had to go through that to earn Vince's trust that you'll play ball, and if I have an idea, you'll do it, no complaints, and make it work to the best of your ability. Just like the New Day, you have to prove Vince wrong. You have to do what Vince wants you to do and show him this don't work to get the opportunity to say, all right, well, what do you think is better? And I think that's why he does that. The problem is Vince also is a kid who has a toy box of 2,000 toys and gets tired of one after five minutes.
2: Well, well, and again, nothing about Karrion Cross screams, ooh, shiny.
1: Not if you take away
2: all the stuff. Yeah. You know, when you take away the extra of the presentation, nothing about it screams, ooh, shiny. Especially I mean, when you make the first feud against Jeff Hardy. I think that
1: was a great choice for the first few. But you can't let him lose the first, first match. When the whole point of his presentation was, he's an undefeated killer. And then he loses his first match. about roll-up, I believe. Yeah, it was something
2: ridiculous shit like that.
1: Yeah, it was just a, it was just a failure of, of massive
2: proportion. But Scarlett
1: is hyped
2: to be free. Well, because, and here, like I understand it. Because she wants to wrestle. WWE didn't want her to wrestle. They wanted her to be Cross's valet, which I also get because she's not a very good wrestler.
1: I'll thank you for saying Look. it. Yes. <laughs> oh no, she
2: trash. She trash. Like, legitimately, she like WWE was making the right decision in terms of like her best work is as a valet. But she she's like Lana. She wants to wrestle and she wants to be a wrestler, and it's like. Oh, baby, this is not your calling, but, like, I respect your want. I respect your willingness to put in the work, and I respect your want to.
1: Um, she did the indies for years, so she clearly cares about
2: this business. She does, and, like, that was her whole thing about being excited is, like, first of all, they're back together again, but second of all, she wants to actually wrestle-wrestle. So, like, she's hyped you- to be able to wrestle again, and I'm just like, I mean, okay, baby, you ain't a good wrestler, but, I mean, do you. You're an interesting well, I, character.
1: Well, and for the non-gay people uh, of, in this conversation, oh yeah,
2: she got body. We're gonna yaddy, watch yaddy, 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 yaddy. <laughs>
1: We will be watching. She said the first thing she said, I think, was she wants to have a hardcore Braun Pennies match. I am ba- far and gone away from the times where I need to see Braun Penny matches, but I will be paying money to see that match. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no, I think I, I'm pretty sure that. She challenged either Taya or Chelsea Green. I can't remember which one. Well, everybody was coming out
1: saying... Vanessa Bourne came out and said she wanted to do that. And you know my love. I mean... Vanessa Bourne.
2: uh, All right, all right. Down boy before I send you to horny jail. I mean, we could take a break and I can go handle my business with us. I mean, we could do that. But, like, before we We do our break, do you want to talk about Mia Yim and Keith Lee? Because I have a lot to say about Mia Yim. Please. What yours? I think it's bullshit. Not that she got released. I think her release was inevitable. I think it's bullshit that for almost a year now, aside from when she had COVID briefly, she was completely fucking healthy and ready to fucking go. And there. And just never used at all. Not even a squash match, not even a, like, occasional appearance on main event, like, just not used at all. And that's fucking bullshit. You know,
1: this is on, this is Vince's fault and only Vince's fault. But her career was doomed in the WWE when Mercedes Martinez said, nah, son, retribution ain't for me. I say that because very clearly the plan was for Retribution to come up, whatever their situation was done, cool, and they all go off and they become regular stars. That's why they picked individual stars from NXT that they knew could be singles people after it was over, right? You you don't pick Dijak and Mia and these people if you don't think that they can be something after this gimmick is over, right? But she was left out to dry. For so long because retribution was was basically at one point a group of like six, seven, eight dudes and one woman. And then it became just four dudes and one woman. So it's not like she could ever work because all the guys were always in feuds with other guys and there were no women for her to work. What would be the point? And she'd be by herself if the whole point of retribution was gang warfare where she's by herself. So she basically was non-existent for the non-existent for the entire time of retribution, and COVID happened. She was gone. She, God bless this woman. She gave up her opportunity because she was booked for the for the Royal Rumble. She Was booked for the Royal Rumble and was booked in storylines after the Royal Rumble. And she said, "No, nah, I'm gonna take care of my husband," and that's. I think that's the dopest thing you could ever do as a human being. But the shit was always. She was always set up, like Karrion, she was set up to fail.
2: Yeah, and it's just, it really kind of pisses me off. I think Keith is legitimately just, uh, they were going to push him, and then he had some health issues, and that happens. Like, that's fucking life. Um, And I think that... By the time he came back, it didn't hit the way that they wanted it to, and they didn't give him a chance to really get this new thing going. They just cut bait. I sent you
1: and the guys in our group chat that we have, the familiar, a seven-minute message the other day when I was driving home from work.
2: Do you remember that? I do remember that you sent it. I will admit... I will admit that I was um canoodling with my boyfriends at the time and said that I would listen to it later. And then you know how a group chat goes. If you don't listen to it. Wait two and a half hours, twenty five other messages have come. I wrote I distinctly remember I started to listen to it because we were on mm-hmm. our way to a movie. And I heard you getting like real into it, and I'm like, oh shit! I'm sitting here in the car. I, let me just—I'm gonna pause this. I'll listen to this later. I
1: don't, it's completely understood. Look, if it's if it's boyfriend time or listen to it's boyfriend time, no qualms. But, and I know you'll have some fun, interesting thoughts on this. So, you'll if you'll indulge me for just a second. What this showed me more than ever was that wrestling isn't enough. And let me expound upon that. I understand that 90% of the people listening to this, more than that probably, are a card-carrying member of the IWC, where we care about work rate, we care about how you are in the ring. And the majority of us think that if you're a really good wrestler and you have really good matches, that should be enough to draw money. But in the world of WWE, that has been proven that it's not. Even the greatest wrestlers in the WWE have been given gimmicks that have allowed them to connect with the crowd, right? So Daniel Bryan does not become Daniel Bryan without the Yes movement. He's just another guy wrestling on the card. So Keith Lee is an anomaly. Nobody his size should be able to do the things he can do and wrestle the way he can wrestle. And he's a really good talker. But you know what the biggest problem is with Keith Lee? He's just a guy. There's nothing about him that's special other than his size and what he can do in the ring. And what you can do in the ring is not a gimmick. If you explain Keith Lee to somebody who did not watch wrestling, you can't say, oh, man, well, this dude, man, he he's, he's a dissident. No, he's a big dude that can wrestle. That's literally what the limitless, limitless moniker means, that I go past what people think of what people's limits they put on me. That's not a gimmick, and that's not going to get you over in the eyes of entertainment. Wrestling will make you millions of dollars. Entertainment will make you billions of dollars. And with, with the exception of Frankie Monet, tayo Valkyrie, all the people on this list were missing one thing, whether it's they can't talk, whether they don't have a gimmick, whether they can't play a character, something about them was missing. And the, the other thing that they all do have is, damn near all of them, are really good in the ring.
2: Everybody's speaking good in the ring of, now. Speaking of, Biff Busick for IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me.
1: And they're already doing... Um, They just announced the um, the Best mm-hmm. of Super Juniors.
2: Yeah. Give me Biff. Give me Biff. Biff versus Hiromu. Biff, Biff versus fucking... Um, What's his name? Um, oh, uh, Ishimori. There we go. Could not think of his name to save my goddamn life.
1: Watch out, because you know we still give deference to the Tongans. We don't all smoke. deference,
2: all deference, no smoke. Um, but yeah, no Biff music to the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Division immediately, or to or to Bola, but you know he can do both.
1: I mean, look, Bola's going to be dope. But I I can't care about PWG until they care about fucking having television.
2: I mean, that is fair. Um, No, the real winner to whatever organization gets associated with Biff is um, the young ones that get to learn from him. Because, like, talk about sit at the learning tree, children. Sit at the learning tree. He wants to start a wrestling school. Yeah, well, put throw your ones up for Biff Busick because we still love that man on this show for always and forever. Oh, yeah. Let me so, say um, No, but we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills, y'all. We just want to close with, some, with one final thought here, which is just that we tell you every time this shit happens, WWE is a business, which means, like, all billion-dollar businesses, they are evil, and they are run by bad people, generally. So, like... Don't be surprised when they do some shit that hurts your feelings because they don't care about your feelings. They care about your money.
1: I was told very early, very, very early that you can't care about a company. I mean, care about what you do, but you can't care about a company because when they, when they need to, they'll get rid of your ass. The second, if you work and you die on the job, the next day they will replace your ass. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: WWE They'll will have counselors the available. Later. They'll
2: yep. have grief counselors available, and then interviews at two thirty.
1: If we say if we say when somebody shows you who, who you are, who they are, believe them.
2: Believe who WWE is. They've shown
1: you this for forty years. Who they yeah. are?
2: Yeah. So like, they're trash. These releases are trash. The timing of them, not even so much them happening, just the timing of them is so fucking trash. I am so sick and tired of these releases happening at the fucking holiday season. After the investor call After you talk about how much money you've made And it's just like man fuck y'all You but, know how bold
1: that is like, you literally just sticking your dick out on the table And saying do something about it
2: Literally yeah, like, It's just so fucking gross So you know Fuck them We're gonna go pay some bills And then we're gonna talk about Full Gear Sierra Hotel
0: India Echo Lima Delta
1: This is your boy, Kenny Killer,
2: telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com.
0: TheChairShot.com. Always
2: use your head. Y'all, thanks for helping us pay those bills. And like the ad said, if you enjoy this content that we provide for you here on The ChairShot Radio Network, make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up some of that sweet, sweet merchandise like that hashtag journalism t shirt. Get you what? that soft style because it feels so good on your skins. Um, it's the holidays. Treat yourself. Uh, speaking of, you know, treat yourself. So AEW's got a really big pay per view coming up. Are we going to treat ourselves to that show? I feel like we have to. Before we preview the show, let's just say this. Off-rip. Let's just say this. Off-fucking-rip. If Hangman don't win, we fucking riot.
1: I hear Greg in my ear right now. I can hear him in my ear. Because Greg...
2: Greg can kiss my ass with his bullshit and his long-term whatever, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Listen here. You sit there. You sit there with your different perspective, with more knowledge on the subject than I have because you know more than me. That's fine. The story makes more sense this way. And if you don't don't crown him now, you ruin him for – you really ruin it. You really do. Look at what happened with Braun Strowman.
1: Yeah, that th- that was where I was going to go. I can hear him in my ears saying, it's cool to be a fan every now and then. And this is one of the few times. In fact, the reason I bring that up is because I was going to say, and I feel stupid saying this because I'm the one person who tries to tell people to think rationally, right? I feel like if Hangman loses, I'm done with AEW. Like, I feel like that. And that's crazy. Because everything else about the show is usually great.
2: Yeah, but it would be such it's because it would be such a betrayal yeah. of all of the investment that you've put in. Like they've they've like reunited him with the Dark Order and like righted that wrong. And it's just like you have to crown him now. You have to. Please. Please. Like, and I will stand by what I said on the last show that we talked about this. Your first reign doesn't have to be super fucking long. I'm not saying he has to become the champion and hold the belt for the next, like, six months to a year. He can become champion, hold the belt for, like, two or three months, and, like, at their next big, you know, themed event drop the title at the new yeah. year's themed event, drop the title. Yeah. He's got to like, prove that he can win it. Exactly. Let him prove that he can win it. Crown him, make him, you know, a made main eventer. Because right now he is at that point where like, AEW doesn't necessarily have a glass ceiling yet. Cause they haven't existed long enough to have a sure. real glass ceiling yet. But yeah. like, he is at that proverbial glass ceiling of upper mid card versus main eventer. Like, he's always there. He's kind of on that cusp. Like, oh, I could buy this. I could buy this. But every time it feels like he's put in this position, he loses. So, like, shit or get off the pot.
1: Well, look, let's go through the card because clearly we're going to say that for last. I'm pretty sure you guys can guess who we are uh, predicting we'll win, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I'm starting from the bottom of the card. Of course, as I always do, championship matches last. So at the starting, I got to give AW credit. Most of the times, the the matches on the card that are not for championships feel like filler. Their three matches don't feel like filler. We're going to start with Darby Allen versus MJF. I think they have built this well, and the four pillars, right? Whenever for any of the four hook up, it's always feels like somewhat of a big deal. Go ahead.
2: I think the reason that these four matches don't, or these matches don't feel like filler, this is the advantage of a four pay per view a year structure.
1: Great point. Great point.
2: This is the real advantage of we only run four pay per views a year, so when we run a pay per view and we have seven matches. All seven have legitimate storylines that we've been building for a long-ass fucking time. Now, that being said, it's hard for me to bet against that bastard Darby Allen as much as I fucking hate him. Um, It's hard to pick against him, but the reason I'm going to pick MJF is... The reason I'm going to pick MJF is... The new champion is going to need a challenger, and the new champion is... Pretty hardcore babyface. So, your top heel.
1: I hate doing this to you. You know there's uh, World Championship number one contender tournament finals on the same card.
2: Yeah, and? AEW AEW is notorious for you win a number one contender, something or other, and you just get the match on, like, Dynamite next week.
1: You're right. But the two people involved in the match, I doubt they do that with them.
2: I mean, they, they won't do it if it's Daniel Bryan, but they damn sure will do it if it's Miro. <laughs> we will get to that later.
1: So, but your reasoning is valid. MJF, on the cool, has probably lost two or three matches total since he's been in, 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 in AEW. He lost the title match to Moxley. He lost Jericho to Jericho. I can't remember him losing in a singles match any other time.
2: I can't either off the top. But I mean, the only singles match I can recall Darby losing was when he lost the TNT title to Miro. Well,
1: he's lost a, he's lost a lot more than that. But he had a run that was crazy. Remember, he lost to Punk. He lost to Cody a couple times. So he's Darby will Darby will definitely Darby does not need to win because he's over. Baby faces don't always have to win when they're legitimately over. And uh, I think the, the I think the story will breed itself better to continue to give Max something to talk about.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, he's a cocky prick, and a cocky prick is only effective if the cocky prick has shit to, like, lord over everybody.
1: So I'm going with MJF. Is it fair you going with him, too? Oh, yeah. So, you know what? I want to talk about this match last before we get to the other championship champion matches. So I'm going to save Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, we have a Falls Count Anywhere trios match because they're not six man's over there. The trios. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Between um, the Jurassic Express, so that's uh, Jungle Boy and the Dinosaur. I will never call him by his other name, and Christian Cage against the Super Click, Adam Cole and the
2: Young Bucks. I'm just so glad that they don't let Marcos not um, like, right like Marco stunt wrestle. Like I like Marco. I like Marco. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like Marco. It's just that, like, he is in no way, shape, or form believable as an opponent of anyone. And if this is the company that wants to bill itself as the believable company and the sports-based company and wins and losses matter and blah, 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 Um nah, Marco's just, like, a mascot. So, like, there's that. But, like, you know, I want Jurassic Express to win, but, like... I just feel like the super click is gonna.
1: This is the one of the rare times in AEW where a feud has gone too long. Normally, yep. feuds they cut them off too early. Yo, the 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 elite and Jurassic Express and Christian Cage have been going on way too long for my liking. So yep. I feel like this is the final, uh, the final countdown. No pun intended. Um, and Adam Cole don't lose. Why would you let him lose? Why the fuck would you let him lose?
2: Cause you're real fucking dumb.
1: And I don't think they're that stupid tonight, or, or this weekend, that night.
2: Nope. Nope. Go got to build click? that. Yeah, we're we're going super click because I got to build Adam up so that when Adam and Kenny feud over the loyalty of the Bucks, they're both hot.
1: Right up like step, my brother. Um, here's another one I think we both agree on. A match that could have been interesting, but they made it too gimmicky for me. The Minneapolis street fight between the inner circle, and that is all five members, Jericho, Guevara, Hager, Santana, and, and Or I love the way uh, your boy, uh, not your boy, I hate that dude, but what's his name? Just Roberts? I love the way he says Ortiz. Ortiz. Versus men of the year, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and American top team members Junior Dos Santos andre orlovsky MMA fans know about andre orlovsky and dan lambert got thrown in a match that's what sets me off that's what bothers me because clearly now this is comedy because this dude is 60 plus years old and he can't bump He's gonna take one big one or two big bumps
2: Uh, honey honey have you been paying attention to the feud it's been comedy from the go you're right, but normally
1: when AEW does comedy in the storylines, at least the matches turn out to be somewhat legitimate. And had you put anybody else in here, you clearly can't put Masvidal. But I mean, I'd have been cool with them putting um, Paige Van Zandt. She wanted the match.
2: I'm going to say the same thing about this that I say about every full-on Inner Circle match. What a waste of Sammy Guevara. And of Proud and Powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're making that up for Sammy because TNT Champ he's getting a lot of shine here but yeah. 10 or 10 yeah should have been champs a long time ago
2: Mm-hmm. facts so I'm just like ooh this is such a waste of these wonderful performers
1: but you know what's crazy
2: mm.
1: I'm picking men of the year
2: I mean I'm picking men of the year for sure because like you got because of American Top Team like I just feel like this anytime you bring in a celebrity performer I'm inclined to believe the celebrity's going over if it's
1: so if I was if I knew for a fact that this would be their swan song and they're gone, I would pick the encircle. But I don't think they're gonna be gone for a while. And also, much like Max, if Dan Lambert loses his match, he has nothing to talk about, and they love to let that
2: motherfucker talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you agree with that too? Oh, I th- I said I was picking Men of the Year. Yeah.
1: Damn, I knew we were gonna think differently in that match okay um and um we spoke about a little earlier i I really want to give time to kingston and cm Punk. but we spoke about this earlier uh the world title eliminator tournament finals Ryan danielson versus thanks to moxley and his fantastic thought to go get help good for you mox um miro has now made it to the finals danielson and miro we were seeing Brian versus Rusev, but that's not Danielson versus Miro, not by a long shot.
2: Well wishes to Mox. Um, it takes uh, it takes a lot of courage to admit that you need help. Yep. Well wishes. Um, as far as who wins the match, I mean, you know, I want to pick Danielson because it's the obvious answer, but I feel like Miro's the better choice.
1: I agree with you, I agree with your thought process, and I think it directly relates to who wins the main event.
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna pick Miro so that our our so that our new Lord and Savior Hangman Page can have a cha- a challenger worthy of his divine power. That's what I'm thinking God's favorite champion.
1: That the, the Redeemer is such a dope idea.
2: God,
0: what?
1: But, what? It's so good. It's so good, but I so this is. Going back to the conversation we had about Hangman a couple weeks ago, which was fantastic, by the way. One of my favorite conversations we've had in a long time.
2: The Redeemer just reminds me, before we get to that, the Redeemer just reminds me of my original thought when Rusev got released the first time. Is just like, how do you miss the boat on this? Like, this man is so over in perpetuity and gets everything over. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's And he'll do anything to get over. Yes.
1: Um, And he can go! And he's fucking huge! And he can talk, clearly. He can talk. Yeah, it's a failure of all. That's a Uh, massive failure. uh, Continue. This is where you have to, the rubber hits the road on, do we do what's best for critical acclaim in our fans or do we do what's best for the bottom dollar? Because I love Hangman and I I want our Lord and Savior to win and reign. Let his reign be be long and, and prosperous, but Danielson versus Omega for the championship is going to sell tickets. I don't know if Miro versus, versus Hangman is going to sell the amount of tickets that Danielson versus Omega will. Danielson versus Omega will get ratings. I don't know that, that, Bryant, that um, Miro versus Hangman will get the same amount of ratings and interest that Danielson versus Omega one more game for the title will get, and that is the walk that Tony Khan has to make.
2: I mean, I am still gonna stick with Miro. Me too.
1: But I'm. But I mean, that, I'm just saying that's. I mean, so like tough you're tough also, tough but I mean make.
2: you're also, but I mean you're also making. We, we are also making it out to be an either or. Like you could also just go with Danielson versus Hangman. Like that is a thing you can do.
1: Yeah, I guess that is possible, huh? that would be something
2: yeah like i mean that is a thing that can be done you know in this company where you know wins and losses matter okay because they're not sports entertainment
1: shout out to the shout out to the rankings where the number one contender doesn't always get the championship match um and and I'm 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 being cheeky here. The, the rankings are actually they have tried to make the best out of, out of it as they can. Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk.
2: Yeah, so seen, Eddie's got a Players Tribune article, man, and it's like really fucking long, but like, damn,
1: it it teared me up. It was fucking beautiful. And what I love about it the most is he wrote it like he talks. <laughs> it's
2: fantastic. I mean, I don't think Eddie knows how to do it any other way,
1: and and that's why I love him because he is, we, we as fans stupidly always feel like, oh man, well that's the they that's how they really are. No, Eddie Kingston is not a gimmick. That's who the fuck he really is. Like all now the that, other people, yeah, but that's really him.
2: Now that being said, I think the match itself is probably going to be me.
1: Eddie Kingston's not great in the ring, and that's okay because so talk. As long as you talk to me into paying to watch you, really don't have to. Really don't have to make the match great. And that's sorry, but it's true. Cause you got my money. But have you seen the promo that they had on Rampage last week?
2: Nah, no, I ain't seen it from last oh Rampage from last week. My
1: God, that may be the best promo that AEW's had in a year.
2: I mean, I believe it. They both are good on the microphone. Long story short, you do you know the reason they're feuding? Something to do with Mox, isn't it?
1: No, so let me. It's important to me because I like this. Is, I don't
2: watch Rampage, so like sure, sure, sure.
1: Um, this is what's selling me on the pay per view. Besides Hangman, is this match? Um, Mox not Moxley. Kingston lost. Excuse me to Danielson in the title in the title tournament, and I guess he feels like he didn't he like he was robbed or didn't get his just due, so. You know, he's, uh, Punk is backstage Being interviewed by Shivani And Kingston is throwing a fit backstage And Punk stops the interview And is looking to see what's happening And then Kingston comes up to him They talk shit And Punk says some shit to him to his face And then, bing, bang, boom Punk calls him out on Dynamite Kingston isn't there So, on Rampage Punk comes out Kingston comes out to confront him Now, it it's a beautiful promo between two of the best promos of, of this generation. And Kingston talks about how the reason he wasn't that Dynamite was because he thought he had COVID and, you know, his best friend is Moxley. just had a new, brand new baby and didn't want to be around his best friend to get him sick. So, you know, forgive him for giving the fuck about people. And I was like, oh, okay. But the promo goes into, and I normally don't like meta promos outside of the moment because they don't help anything or anybody. But, my, but um, Kingston talked about when he was a young boy coming up in Ring of Honor, punk, homicide, all the top, uh, Joe, all the top guys in and, and, uh, Ring of Honor looked down on him, but particularly punk, because he was a little different. He was fat. Um, he was a bit abrasive. And he never forgot how punk, who could have done anything to help him or, you know, at least treat him well, didn't treat him well. And he's like, I see through you and even said to his face, nobody wants you here. Everybody in the back is lying to your face. They just don't have the balls to say it to you. But I do. Punk shot back by saying, you know what, you're right that I did that to you back in the day and I treated you like that. But you acting like it's just me. It was all of us. It was Joe. It was homicide. It was Danielson. It was all of us. We did that. and I did that because I saw so much potential in you. But you can deal with the potential and you can you can you can live up to who we thought you were going to be. So I, what do you expect me to do? And then he went on, they went on to go back and forth. And Kingston was like, fight me, fight me, fight me at full gear. And he was like, well, full gear may be a little too high for you. Maybe we should do something more your speed, like dark or elevation. <laughs> Fucking cold as shit. And then the whole time, Eddie Kingston has a preacher-esque level of controlling the crowd because he was talking and the crowd's popping and he's like, hold up, calm down. I'm Give me a minute. Let me finish this. And the crowd just shut the fuck up. And Punk's trying to do old school WWE 1990 babyface moves. What do you think, St. Louis? Do you want to see that? And it, it, it literally mimicked the promo between Cena and Punk going to get the money in the bank with John being the older... Company shield guy and punk being the new brash babyface who's trying to get to that level. Because when punk said something John didn't like to the level, John punched him. Punk headbutted Eddie, and then they went on, they proceeded to have the WWE standard brawl where they break them up, and then one person jumps in and starts fighting. They break them up, another the person jumps in, they start fighting. People come from the back. Anyway, long story short, it's one of the best promos aw's done maybe ever and i'm here for it and eddie kingston once again sells a match better than tony kong can sell his goddamn self
2: you know eddie kingston's like if the brooklyn brawler could cut promos and i say that because eddie kingston gonna come out there he gonna sell the shit out this feud he gonna make you love it and then he gonna do that sweet job staring at the lights He going G, T, S, and he out.
1: Yeah. And it's it's, he he really truly is Tommy Dreamer. Oh, yeah, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. He's genuinely Tommy Dreamer. Only hopefully a better better
2: human. Well, everything we know about him, he's Eddie King. He seems to be a better human, but I'm but you know, it's still hope. I have hope. And What makes me believe he's a good human
1: is because good humans don't admit their flaws. I mean, bad humans don't admit their flaws. He admits all of the fucked up shit he's done. You know, and I appreciate that he's aware of who he was and who he is now. But I I love that man so much. Yes, CM Punk is going to win this match. CM Punk probably should win this match.
2: Oh, I mean, I love Eddie Kingston. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, man. That, That shit sold me on the show.
0: So... Shout right,
2: out let's
1: get to into Eddie these title matches. Yeah, shout out to Eddie Ginnas to give a fuck because uh a couple of these matches I don't give a fuck about. And Facts. I mean, anytime you got to Lucha Brothers versus FTR, it's a fun match. And they actually have some story behind it if you don't know. FTR Yeah, down in
2: AAA.
1: Yes, they snuck. They 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 snuck out a way to uh, essentially steal the AAA tag team championships thanks to Andrade's help. But uh yeah, the AEW World Shit Tag Team Championships between the Lucha Brothers and FTR. And FTR probably is the best tag team in the world. Right, right this moment. What do you got? Me.
2: I mean, I I'm going to take FTR in this moment. Hmm. Because I don't think the feud is over, and I think the feud will end with Lucha Brothers having both sets of titles.
1: Okay. Um you may not know, but someone, if you tweet me, Triple Mania is when? In
2: December? I'm not positive, but why don't you talk about your thoughts while I get us a date for Triple Mania? Thank you, sir.
1: Um, I'm inclined to believe the Luchas win, because I can see them having a ladder match to merge the championships, or for both sets of
2: championships. Triple Mania was in August. Oh, so he had it already. Yeah,
1: that's right. Because Andrade brought Ric Flair out. Okay, you're right. Um, and Andrade is supposed to be Kenny Omega, but they didn't let him win it. Yes, I remember now. Eh, that makes me feel a little different. I think I'm still going to pick the Luchas, mm-hmm. um, because I think the prospect of not a unification necessarily, but both belts being on the line is too um appealing. For both companies. So I'll go with the Lucha Brothers. And nobody puts over a tag team better than FTR. <laughs> I
2: mean, that's facts. That is facts. They will they will do a job well.
1: I got a question for you, sir. Yeah. I know Rick Baker. Go ahead.
2: D-M-D.
1: Well done, sir. Is probably one of the most over in, in the business. Maybe it's had one of... Easily has had one of the best years.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. But
1: have we reached a point where she needs to lose the championship? Big time. Okay. Is she losing versus Tay Conti? And God bless Tay Conti. But I, um, I'm Conti not I'm a, baby
2: girl. Like, okay. no, probably not baby girl.
1: So who do you see her losing to? <sighs> Whew,
0: but no, no. Before you ask that
1: question, ask that question. Is the person you see her losing to on that roster right now?
2: That's part of why it's tough, I'm not sure. I think so. I think number 1 it's going to depend on who wins the TBS tournament. Okay. Because like that that matters. Um but number 2, I don't know that they're necessarily on the roster right now. Like I don't know if AEW is going to sign any of these women that are like available um, but I do know it's damn sure not going to be Tay Conti because if she was going to lose to someone associated with Dark Order she would lose to Anna J. Yeah. even um, though Tay
1: Conti's a better wrestler
2: yeah that is facts that is facts um, of the other women on the roster <sighs> I'm not sure because she's fucking beat everybody that's the problem with these
1: long ass title reigns and you can still Roman in there too when you beat everybody you got to figure out who's next
2: and and the thing is i don't think that any of the women have like have any kind of particular momentum at the moment no nope,
1: they don't you're right which is why tay conti got the spot because she's the only one who had some yeah so i still think thunder's the i think still thunder rose is the right call but i don't think they'll make it
2: I think Thunders is probably the right call, but I don't know that she has enough momentum to be put there right now. Oh, it'll be a minute before she gets to that spot. If, if which they... is another reason why I'm thinking that they might like bring in a woman who's more Should've... like ready-made. Like That's why Atea would be a good signing for them, because like, that bitch is ready-made for television on day one and is ready-made to be that bitch on day one to just so, walk the fucking or sign one of the Ring of Honor women. Got you one better. And remote.
1: I'm sorry, uh, Athena now.
2: Yeah, but that's what I'm... Yeah, that'd be another great one. You know, somebody who she is already ready day one for television, off rip. You know she can go. You know she's got star power. She comes in. She unseats Britt Baker that, like... Sets her up automatically. You are, I
1: think a champion is only as good as the challengers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's what's hurt Britt Baker's title reign to me, is she hasn't had the greatest challengers.
2: And um, I think that's a, a lingering byproduct of, it took AEW forever to give any of the women time.
1: Yep. 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 And then she's had, all of the championship matches have been good. To mm-hmm. really good. It's just with all respect, Chris Datland is not a person that should be main eventing shows for the title. No, no, N- not now. Maybe she's young, she's got time, but she she's not there yet for me. Like stuff like that. Yeah, Ty no. Contee is fantastic, but I just don't see Ty Contee co-maining a pay per view for no. the world championship. I- not at I'm all. Sorry. Um, but you know who I can see main event a pay per view for the championship
2: uh our boy hangman and a page so we clearly we you
1: pick hangman i pick hangman that's not the interesting part
2: no the interesting
1: part of this conversation is how does this match go
2: that is truly the interesting part um i think that it wouldn't be a this version of kenny omega match without chicanery And so I think that, you know, this has to inevitably... I feel like this has to inevitably go with some variation of the formula of the Elite tried some bullshit, and then the Dark Order comes out to negate the Elite's bullshit. And so then it's just down to Kenny and Hangman together. And, like, Kenny turns the... Hangman turns the table on Kenny, or like slips out of a one winged angel or some shit. Let me hit you. Hit
1: me. Set the scene for you. The elite comes out. Adam Cole, Young Bucks. They hit a monster driver on him. Adam Cole hits him with the last shot. I'm sorry. uh, The boom, whatever it's called. Um, And we think Hangman's done. Kicks out. Dark Order comes out, breaks it up. You're right. We get Hangman versus Kenny. Finally, no frills. They go back and forth. Hangman hits a buckshot. Kenny kicks out. Go a few more minutes. Hangman has slipped out of the one-winged angel all night. And Kenny hits Hangman with the one-winged angel. And everybody knows that's it. That is the most protected finisher in the business. Besides end of days. And Hangman is the second human being, the first in America to kick out of was the this one. So you think they game let game him, game. you think they let him Okada? It's got this. And Okada never kicked out of the one. McDonald's, but Bushi did. Damn. Yeah. Okada never kicked out of it. The, that, that was the beauty of that, of that feud is that. Oh, like everybody. If, if Kenny would have, that's the reason Kenny felt he was better. Because the one time he hit it, he won a fucking match. But, yes, that is what – if you are going to let this shit happen the way it should, that has been the build but this entire fu- – you don't – much like Undertaker's Taker's undefeated streak. You only have a streak so it can be broken. You only have a protected finisher so that when it's finally – somebody kicks out of it, it matters.
2: I mean, I'd love to see it. I just don't know if I think that they'll do it. I would love to see it. I just don't know if they'll do it.
1: I'll tell you this. If Hangman wins and they don't let him kick out the woman with Angel, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. Because that is how you make a superstar. He kicks out the woman with Angel. He hits a buckshot probably the second of the night.
2: Oh, no, I think at that point he'll hit him with the last call.
1: You think he'll bring bring it back? Okay, because like he's used thinking. because he's used it once in the recent past. You're right. I think that'll be I think that'll be a nice bow on the whole situation. And then can you just I want you to just see it in your see it in your head. Hangman finally beats at um Kenny Omega, vanquishes the 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 belt collector, the the best bout machine. confetti is raining. Fans are crying and happy and the Dark Order comes in the ring and embraces him. Like, I will be crying like a baby.
2: Join the Dark Order because we have juice. <laughs> I want it to happen so
1: bad. Ever. I want it to happen so bad, but you know what? V Trigger, one with the Angel, and we're going to see y'all next week.
2: I mean, I'm going to... We're going to cling to the fantasy and hope that TK doesn't hate me like Ghetto does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I still have nightmares of fucking Wrestle Kingdom.
2: Yo, I still remember us getting on this show after that Wrestle Kingdom.
1: (laughs) And just spending
2: that entire episode shitting on Ghetto.
1: (laughs) I need you to understand. Y'all listening. If Hangman does not win, this, we are gonna have the, the burn epic. it down episode. Oh my god. It's gonna be the most epic episode. I'm serious. We may do it live. It is going to be the greatest episode ruin, ever.
2: How to ruin a champion in less than 10 steps. Oh,
1: okay, but yes, I I I'm gonna drink the Kool-Aid or the Juice, as you said, with because of Dark Water. I got hangman Adam Page winning and
2: you do as well. Yes. Oh um, boy. It's gonna be it'll be a show. I think it'll be a good show. Mostly. Um, I'm curious to see what they end up putting on the buy-in.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. There's no match there's no card match shows. There,
2: yeah, there's nothing that's been announced. And the buy-in is normally when they love to throw some like surprise debut bullshit or whatnot. Um, you know, granted, there's literally no one that they could bring in at this point that would make the impact that, like, the Danielson punk announcements did.
1: There's one, but he's, he's, Bray Wyatt's making a movie
2: right now. I was gonna say, he's off filming a film. You know, so. Um, but no, y'all, all, all we'll say in closing on Full Gear is, if you're interested, which you should be, because the buildup has been very good, um, Pay for it with your actual money. Please. Sup- uh, support the shows that you say you care about. Um, and if you're a fan, buy some merch from Dan Housen so that he can pay off that evil doctor.
1: I'm with it. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Dan Housen. So, very good, very evil. Is that how he says
2: it? Yeah, very nice. Very evil. Thank you.
1: Yes, I've, I'm. I'm. I'm still learning the ways of the Dan housing
2: It's okay. It's okay. Um, but anyway, y'all. In the meantime, good brother Rance, Tell the people where they can find you.
1: You can find me at Hangman Page. Better win this motherfucking match this fucking weekend. Also at Israel Cash R O Y S Mysterio C A S H S Dollars.
2: You can find me at if Hangman don't win, we fucking riot. And at Dr. Schmores. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. We are part of the Chairshot Radio Network at Chairshot Media, where you
1: always make Hangman Page win this fucking match at the end of this show and use your head.
2: And remember, y'all, we here at the Outsiders Edge are just some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything that we can to try to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with those hard and fast truths like releasing people during the holiday season is fucking trash. Hangman Page. And other times, we're going to hit you with that word you need to hear, like you better crown Hangman Page as your next champion. Hangman Page. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and you've got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, just like ghetto don't respect your feelings, we sure don't give up. Ah!
1: Hang me a page.
2: Thanks for listening. We'll
0: catch you in the next time. Cowboy oh shit. Say goodbye